It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. March 20th, 2020, what was supposed to be semifinal Friday night for the and the final Friday of West Virginia high school basketball season. And where you're supposed to hear and or see Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Joe Linville, and Bill Cornwell in the action of Boy Semifinal Friday night at the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center is no longer. Last week, as we found out on the show, COVID-19 suspended the girls' state tournament and has postponed the boys' state tournament. Still no word on that, but likely to stay or be canceled. Stay tuned to the to basketballnight.com for that information. Now, instead of your normal host um, and your normal show tonight, we're going to do a best-of show for the 2019-2020 season for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with me, your host, Spencer Dupuy. Over the next three, hour, three hours, I will give you the best moments of the 14 episodes of this season, including interviews with coaches Jim Justice, Shana Gore, Jared West, and many more, as well as the funniest moments from this year. All that and more on the 103rd episode of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. First, we'll kick off the show from the first episode of this season, episode 89 overall, back on December 16, 2019, with Ryan the Gang as they interviewed new head coach of the St. Albans Girls Red Dragons, Shana Gore. Moving right along, it was the spring or late winter, early spring of 2013 when a sophomore at Logan High School kind of made her name on a statewide stage, leading the Lady Cats to the Class AAA State Championship game. They lost that night to Par- or that yeah that was night to Parkersburg South. But uh, really kind of, I, I still remember I was at that game, just all the people from Logan, you would have thought it was a boys game in a state championship game, <laughs> uh, the way they, they packed in for that one in the Charleston Civic Center Coliseum. At the time, that's what it was called. Oh, it's the Coliseum Convention Center, whatever. Anyway, but um, then, you know, Shana Gore then had a tremendous career. Um, was unable to get back to Charleston, though, but had a tremendous career throughout her high school years. Also had... A big-time career at Marshall University, one of the top players in, in program history. And uh, last year was her senior year, and now she's the head coach of the St. Albans girls basketball team. Our good buddy Scott James, busy with mayoral duties yes. in, in St. Albans. So uh, Shana Gore is the head coach of the Red Dragons. She joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And Shana, now we've got you as a coach. How are things... Uh, how are things going in your first year at St. Albans? Uh, it's definitely a process. Um, trying to get to know the girls still, and they're still trying to get a feel for me. Uh, we started out, we're, at, we're 0-3, but uh, one thing that I have caught on is I get a lot of text messages and a lot of phone calls about how hard they play. And uh, if that's one thing St. Albans can be known for, then I'll take it. We just got to get the, the little things in now with playing hard, which is like, rebounding and communicating i can't get them to communicate for nothing they'll be on the sideline talking and talking to each other before practice but as soon as you put them on the floor they don't say a word so definitely a process <laughs> and it's definitely a transition from uh being a player and being a head coach but i'm enjoying every second of it well your, your playing days obviously are just barely behind you as um you were a, a standout for the thundering herd women's team last year how's your perspective changing where you you know you really can't go on the floor and help them right now well um 
I almost got a technical post game the past two games because I have almost been out on the floor. <laughs> so uh, it's definitely a transition. Um, trying to get the girls, trying to pick the girls' brains, and then trying to get them in mind. Um, but I've I've also learned that as a coach, everybody's different, and uh, I do I do got a couple of girls. I'm trying to get a couple of girls in that scoring mentality right now. Um, we kind of, which is not a bad thing, but we kind of want to share the ball too much right now. And I need someone that that's going to take over and uh, that's going to get us a bucket when need be. So, Shana, you had quite the basketball journey this year. Of course, ending your career at Marshall and, and your your name's throughout the record book with Marshall women's basketball. Uh, uh, you had an opportunity. You uh, went to Spain for a couple of weeks. Uh, you found that just really <laughs> wasn't for you. And you came back, and um, it's working out for you. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Basketball, uh, obviously is a big part of me and of uh, who I am. And, uh, most days I miss it, but being around my group of girls and coaching, like, because I'll get in and practice with them and play with them some, and it just takes me back to my playing days. But I have to say head co- my head coaching position has really helped me transition into uh, life after basketball. And it's uh, really helped me grow into, uh, into a person too. And just like, helping the girls off the floor more than on the court, uh, life after high school, and just trying to get them ready. Coach Shana Gore of the St. Albans girls basketball team. We're going we're gonna to do this again another time in a couple of weeks, and we can talk a little bit more basketball we've got a little bit more time. Thanks so much for joining us, and best wishes to you and your basketball club. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for calling. All right, that is Shana Gore, head coach of the St. Albans Red Dragons, former Logan High School standout and former Marshall University women's basketball She will out. do well at, in, in coaching because as a player, she was one who put the work in, and she will put the work in as a coach as well. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I think one of the adjustments for her is what we all go through is it's more than just what goes on on the bench. She's having to run an entire program and coming in as a head coach of a AAA program, uh, I'm sure she'll do a wonderful job, but her plate is more than full, I'm sure. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very unforgiving area to get to, to break in. And, you know, it, it, let her get her footing and see where things go from there. But yeah. it, it's definitely, uh, you know, like she said, off to an 0-3 start, but they play hard. And that part you can't teach. Great things to come from Shana Gore as she takes the helm of the St. Albans Girls Red Dragons over the next few years, staying with Episode 89. Ryan, Bill, and Rick discuss an altercation that occurred at a West Virginia high school basketball game, but between parents of Kentucky high school basketball players, as well as the gang will discuss gender in West Virginia media. First, uh, allow me a moment to read a few lines from the Herald-Dispatch, HD uh, is heralddispatch.com out of Huntington, uh, owned by HD Media, also uh, affiliated with the Charleston Gazette Mail. Um, Earlier this week, Cabell Midlands girls defeated Boyd County, Kentucky in a game in Ona, and uh, that was a big win for Cabell Midlands girls. Boyd County's been to the Sweet 16, had Miss Basketball in Kentucky a year ago. Savannah Wheeler had an excellent player in Harley Painter this year. Uh, but Cabell Midland was able to get that win, so look, look out for Cabell Midland to be a little bit right. good as the season goes along. But a bigger story here, though. Um, there was a fight on the floor under the basket after the game between two men who were at the game. Um, turns out they were both parents of Boyd County players. And, the and again, this men, occurred at Cabell Midland. This occurred at Cabell Midland <laughs> under the basket in front of students and staff 
police was called in. Uh, they were separated, escorted out. Uh, apparently they were fighting because one man's daughter played more than the others. This, I cannot kid you. Yeah. This is the reason that was given for the fight um, between the two adult grown men uh, with children um, at the Boyd County Cabell Midland and, Girls basketball game between two Boyd County parents. It's interesting what may have led to this fight. Now, we, we don't have the details, but uh, you know it, it, the, the insinuation you almost get, well, maybe uh, one had more influence on uh, the coacher than the other did. And, of course, and, and I, that, that's not going to be the case because we – Ryan, you and I know, and, and you do as well, Rick, know Pete Fraley, who's the coach there, and I mean, he's not going to have anything like that uh, make his determination. So, uh, But it's just interesting that parents take a chill pill. And, yeah. and, I mean, you know, let the coaches coach, let the players play. You sit in the stands and you cheer on your kids. Do not take count of minutes or points because that's not what it's all about. Uh, both men declined to press charges. They've both been banned from future Cabell County school functions as well as Boyd County that, school functions. Yeah, that's the bad part for them. Now you can't watch your daughter's You play. can't go watch your daughter's play. And, and now I, I do want to say, um, according to uh, a police report, that the men apologized to each other, hugged and shook hands after it was over, but it got too far before they got there. And, and it's really just sad. Um you know, you, you go to ball games long enough, you'll, you'll hear grumbling. You'll hear grumbling, and and your kids only get now in Kentucky they get six years of eligibility because of, they can play seventh eighth grade. But your kids get four years to play high school basketball with the kids, that, the friends that they grew up with. They're making memories that will last a lifetime with them. Uh, they're doing something that is special in front of their community, friends, family. Uh, you know, people they go to church with, people they grew up with, people their parents grew up with, people their parents work with. Uh, it's really like an extended family. You only get so many opportunities to do this, and it's a very short window. Four years to a high school kid seems like a long time. To an adult, it, it is the blink of an eye. And to to know that that's going to scar – I'm sorry, those those kids will remember this. <laughs> And they'll know this. I mean, these are high school girls. So they're, they're, they will remember what yeah. their dads did, and that will be a negative to their basketball experience. This is a great game. It's downright magical uh, if people sometimes just kind of stay out of the way and, and let, it, let it take place. Yeah, I think uh, Bill mentioned earlier, too, I, I don't even think he, she even mentioned the coach. I mean, this is not anything he's, to do with coaching. This all. has nothing to do but no. two people that need to address their own situation. Yeah. Uh, if it can happen at a basketball game, it can happen somewhere else. Uh, that's where the focus should be, and you're exactly right, is, uh, is enjoy the sport, enjoy our young people. Yeah. Uh, when you have a, a child or grandchild or someone that's playing a sport, you're obviously there to support them. But when it becomes something that uh, that causes you to act in a way, and I won't assume anything about either one of the individuals involved, no, no, it no. happens all widespread, not just here. Uh, it's a chance to look at yourself. And as we do, yeah. you look at this, and if others can learn from that, and maybe take pause and say, hey, wait a minute, you know, am I going down that path? Then it, it can be a benefit. But enjoy the game and enjoy the kids. Like Ryan said, and, it goes far too quickly. And be positive about it. Come in and have a positive attitude about, about what basketball does for your kids, what's for your grandkids, and, and respect the work that your, your coaches are doing. They put in so many hours. They put in 
don't not hours. They they put in months and they put in years. And, uh, you know, just let them do their job. You sit in the stands and you be positive and you be reinforcing. Don't, don't be, like, keeping clock almost like, well, my kid didn't play this minutes or my kid played this many minutes and should have played this many. Don't worry about that. You're promised the opportunity to play approximately 88 games in your high school career. Um, of course, you're going to have some snow issues, et cetera, et cetera, but you, you can't let those opportunities pass you by. And obviously, this is a situation where hopefully everything's okay there. Again, not, does not involve the only involvement of West Virginia schools in this was that it happened in West Virginia, yeah. but it wasn't between people from West but, Virginia. So hopefully, uh, everybody can just kind of take pause in that, see how ridiculous that sounds to hear about it happening somewhere else, and go, like Coach said, um, maybe I need to kind of back away just a little bit and, and just let the kids be kids and enjoy the moments. Another thing I want to talk about, and we've got a little bit of time here. We, we might run just a little bit long in this segment because I, I think this is something that we can all talk about because we all have different perspectives on this. I'm not going to say exactly which one because uh, you know that, that's not important. The broader topic is, is a fascinating one. Uh, a newspaper within West Virginia made a New Year's resolution that it would, in the uh, effort to uh, not offend anyone, is what is what they said that they would no longer identify girl sports teams with the term lady by only using the school but instead they would only use the school mascot name for instance we've got a grace christian lady soldiers jersey i say that because it says lady soldiers on it and uh but they would only use soldiers for it uh for them in that in that um example and one of the schools that uh, is covered by that paper one of their coaches said, "We call ourselves the Lady Cougars, and that, or the Lady Team." Yeah. That brings us to an interesting situation, and I say that because I'm a public address announcer for women's college basketball. Um, also, do girls' high school basketball, boys' high school basketball at times over the years as well. And uh, Bill, you, you're in the same boat. I've I done the same thing. Regard. And, and Coach Marone, you coach teams. Um, <laughs> There, there's obviously been the, the movement to eliminate the gender terms yeah. in terms of, you know, with girls' basketball. Gender neutral. Or girls' sports teams, yeah. girls' athletic teams. Gender neutral terms. Just using the, the main mascot, such as that Marshall, the Thundering Herd versus used to be the Lady Herd. But they just go by Thundering Herd across the board now. Uh, speaking from someone who, uh, from the college side of things, I always look at the opposing team's game notes because that's something you have in college. You don't have that in high school. Uh, always look at the uh, game notes and see how they refer to their own team. If they don't refer to them, I, you know, I, I tend to err on the side of just whatever the school name is with, with no gender term with it. With no, uh, I'm not putting the term lady in front of it. But some schools are like that. I, I know uh, Penn State and Marshall played women's basketball in Huntington a couple of years ago, <laughs> and I, I missed the game note. Like I, I didn't see the note. And I was like, okay, the Nittany Lions. That is such a iconic unique name and the sports information director comes over and says we're just the lady lions lady lions, which is fine i didn't know that uh southern miss is the lady eagles for instance but those don't always match between sports i've noticed in college no. too softball i'm a college softball announcer too and uh that that happens quite often well, where it's like well oh our softball team is just the eagles for instance well, but well, our women's basketball team is the lady eagles well and of course the the most extreme one I think of is Hawaii. 
the, the guys are the, the rainbow warriors and the girls are the wahinis. Yes, the wahinis. <laughs> yes, the, the fighting wahinis. Yes. And, and I was going to say that, you know, you talk about the, the Marshall situation with uh, uh, talking about uh, Lady Herd or Herd. Uh, folks who that would object to the lady herd would really have been going nuts back in the days <laughs> when they were called the green gals. And, I, and, yeah, and, and I'm old enough, I remember the green gals. <laughs> they, things were a lot different there. And the reason we're, we're talking about this, though, is uh, here's my advice for high school people who are you know covering high school sports. Uh, just be aware of your surroundings. If you go to Wayne, for instance, I, I'll use that because I'm very familiar with it, there is signage for the lady pioneers. So it's okay to call them the Lady Pioneers. I think they even have it on their new warm-ups uh, okay. that they have Lady Pioneers. But, you know, I always try to pay attention to what's written. You know, if a team has it on their jerseys or somewhere in, in an arena, then, you, you know, you can do that. Um, Coach, uh, you, the Lady Rebels, you know, that's, that's something that is synonymous with your program. There's never been any disrespect or malcontent from that. I don't think anybody who would just call you the Rebels would be aiming to do so either. No, and I'm sure in all the courses of uh, sports and over the years that that there's probably been uh, uh, just the Rebels used. But, uh, you know, it's always been the Lady Rebels, and uh, there's no offense on either side, and uh, we take pride in it. And uh, all the girls that have worn the uniform over all the years, uh, before I got there and uh, after I leave, uh, we'll take pride in it. So I think you're exactly right. Just be aware of your surroundings and uh, – you know, just be respectful of everyone, and uh, and I think you you'll be fine then. And and don't always just ask the coach because the poor coach is just <laughs> he's got a hundred things to worry. He or she has a hundred things to worry about before a, a game. Maybe ask the scorekeeper right. at the worst. Right, right. But like I said, I always stick by what's written on the uniform mm-hmm. or or you know warm up tops tend to be warm up tops tend to be your your True. key factor there because they, they don't don't always match the jersey. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, that's just – I thought it was interesting that it drew a reaction from somebody kind of trying to, use, you know, use more gender-neutral terms when it comes to covering girls' sports. So uh, I think it can be well-intentioned, but I think it can be inadvertently um, – you know, you, you might kind of shake the apple cart a little bit, so to speak, if you're not careful. So, you know, uh, good intentions, et cetera, et cetera, but just, again – that was my advice. Be aware of your surroundings at all times. That's what it all boils down to, right? That does it for the first segment of the Best of Show for the 2019-2020 season for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We come back, we'll hear from Chris Kidd of WVOW, who had a busy week leading up to our second episode of the show, who talked to the guys after this. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. This is the best of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University, visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Watch our live high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. It takes just one click to watch. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. On Facebook Live, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash hoops roundup. On Periscope, twitter.com forward slash hoops underscore roundup. On cable in the Huntington region, we're on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. We're on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Just click on our affiliates page for a station nearest you. 
Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Marshall University's sports journalism major offers students the opportunity to develop skills in the exciting areas of print, public relations, or broadcasting. Our curriculum features terrific skill-based courses and prioritizes hands-on experiences that not only expose the students' work to the public, but also to sports journalism professionals who are often willing to provide crucial feedback. Marshall sports journalism majors cover our 15 varsity teams in any media format, including text, online, photo, radio, or video. Hands-on, real-life experiences come through Marshall's student-powered media, the Parthenon, WMUL Radio, and MUTV, as well as communications campaigns and off-campus internships. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Welcome back to the 2019-2020 Best of Edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. I'm your host, Spencer Dupuis. I'll be giving you the best moments from this season of BBFN. Our, our next moment from this season comes in the second episode of the season as Ryan and Joe talk with WVOW sportscaster Chris Kidd about his busy week of broadcasting. We've waited long enough. Let's, let's just jump right in. Chris Kidd had the call of the South Charleston-George Washington game from earlier this week. He had the call of the Chapmanville-ISA-Osborne game tonight, and he's had various other games throughout the week. Chris Kidd joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. First, Chris will work for anyone who will pay him. And second, <laughs> Chris, I don't think anybody, one, we made you wait for an hour, but two, I don't think anybody in this state has called the, uh, the types of basketball games you have over the course of the past week. Oh, is it my turn? <laughs> wake my up, turn? wake up, Chris. We wanted to give your vocal cords a chance to rest a little bit. You you don't want to interview Marcus, the call call screener, before me? <laughs> that can be arranged. <laughs> uh, Chris, kid, uh, playing Iron Man. Uh, no, it's okay. Honestly, I've got four games to do tomorrow too, so I'm working on spotting boards right now. So <laughs> you're totally okay. What what did you I think of some of those names you called tonight? Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I butchered them all up last night for you, so I'm sure you made them sound better. Uh, well, I feel I feel bad because I, I got five, I kid you not, five different pronunciations uh, for, for the kid from ISA. And you know what? I just went with Nathan's, and it turned out to be wrong. And <laughs> even though Nathan swore up and down that he was right. And then at halftime, Nathan says, I'm pretty sure I'm okay. I said, now you're pretty sure? Now you're pretty sure at halftime? <laughs> That's a commercial. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, it's been a bit. Well, which which one do you all want to talk about first? Again, at GW South Charleston, went, I was in Shady Spring last night doing them in South Charleston. And then we had the two games today. Then I'll be in GW doing two games in the afternoon and then two games in Chattanooga tomorrow night. So where do you want to start? How do you even know where to go day to day? Like, I would get confused. I might end up in the wrong gym. But let's start with the uh, George Washington South Charleston game and one of the more bizarre finishes to a high school basketball game you will ever see. Yeah, I looked at uh, the the engineer that was with me after the game, uh, Joe Mouse, and I said, I've done this for 15 years, counting WBOW, video productions, WMUL, and I said, I've never 
seen anything like that in my life. I mean, uh, Quayshon Sutton, he played a tremendous game at 33 points. And uh, it looked like South Charleston was going to get their first win over GW and really a signature win after they had that 7-14 that seven and 14 tough season last year. And, you know, GW ranked number three in the state. And, you know, South Charleston led the entire game. And then South, South Charleston gave up a three-point lead late and then a two-point lead late. And then they designed a play after – the game was tied at 59 with four seconds left. They threw it to midcourt, threw it to Sutton along the baseline, and he got hammered on the way to the basket with .4 tenths of a second left. And all he's got to do is hit one to tie the game. Now, mind you, before this, this game has been completely wild. I said on the broadcast, if the unicorn walked on the court right now, I wouldn't <laughs> bat an eyelash. And that's before this happened. Well, Sutton, he hits the first free throw. And the game's over now. Well, Sutton, the last time he was at the line, he turned around and he put his finger to his mouth just to the GW session just saying, you know, shh, be quiet, you know, you know, hush. And he was having fun with them. This wasn't anything malicious. So I don't believe Sutton did anything bad here uh, necessarily. I think it was all in good fun. But after the first free throw, he hits it, game's over. He turns around to the GW cheering section. And he didn't do the throat slash motion with the thumb, but he did it with the four other fingers to basically say game's over, but he made the motion at his neck. And that's an automatic technical right there. Even Coach Josh Daniels seemed to know it as soon as they they told him. And then he fouled out on that, too. So they had to get someone off the bench who hadn't shot a free throw all night. They miss it. They go to the other end, Mason Pinkett, who you know missed most of last season with an knee injury. He had a great game, too, at 29 points. He hits both technicals. They win the game 61-60. The fans rush the court. I mean, it was just completely bizarre, and you felt really horrible for Sutton. And after the kid missed the free throw that uh, South Charleston had, he was the first one off the bench to come to the kid and give him a high five and basically, you know, let him know that, you know, it was it was on him, not, uh, not the other kid. And, uh, you know, Sutton seems like a very good teammate, very good ball player. So, I mean, I don't think there was any – you know, malicious intent by what he did there. I think it was just having fun, but, you know, that motion's going to get you called for it every time. And it's a situation where if it's going to happen, you'd rather it happen in December than in February or March. And, uh, you know, yeah. you, you just kind of learn from it and you just kind of, like I said, you just kind of put, put things back together and, and keep charging on. Now, boy, we, we got to let's, let's, we got we to tighten this up here a little bit. You followed South Charleston okay. the very next day. We're going chronologically for those who are keeping track at home. So South Charleston then goes to um, Shady Spring, which is not an easy trip. I've been to Shady Spring before. It's uh, it's not a hard trip. It's just off the turnpike, but still. Um, it's out there. It, it, yeah, it, 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 it takes some effort to get there from, from here. From the coal fields. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so South Charleston goes there and gets hammered by Shady Spring. Was it a hangover from the George Washington game? Shady Spring that good or a combination of both? I think it was a little combination of both. It was tied at the end of the first half. It was 27-26. Shady Spring led it. seemed like South Charleston was making a run. And then just the doors blew open after that. I mean, they took a six-point lead at halftime. And Shady Springs, just they're really good. I mean, they've got Luke LaRose now who transferred from Nicholas County. The kid had over 1,000 points in two years. 
at Nicholas yes. County. I mean, just unreal. And he's not even the main scorer right now. Tommy Williams is. I mean, LaRose was first-team All-State. Williams was second-team All-State. Williams had 28. I mean, they just started bombing threes. They've got five or six kids that can shoot. they got four seniors that start. The Braden Chapman kid is a freshman. He can shoot the lights out. And G, GW, or excuse me, South Charleston just couldn't really deal with Shady Springs pressure. I mean, they, they've got a 6'7 kid. South Charleston does, D.J. Johnson. And Shady Springs, small across the board, 6'1", six, 6', six foot. That's about it. But they just could not take advantage of anything with their height advantage. And, I mean, Shady's just really quick, harasses you on the defensive end. They connect from the outside and transition. I mean, they are going to be an extremely tough out this year. And I said so on the broadcast. Country Road Shootout at Chapmanville. Big win tonight for the Tigers. I'm not sure that a lot of people around the state will, will be able to gauge what this means for their caliber of play. But it's a good win. I think everyone will figure that out. Yeah, I mean, International Sports Academy's only been around two years now, but they're recruiting a lot of kids. They've got a couple kids that are going to be committed to Ohio State or Alabama. I mean, they've got legit talent on the team. And, you know, they came in there, and early on in the game, it looked like they were going to run Chapmanville out of their own gym. I mean, Chapmanville hasn't lost at home since 2017, and they've got a 49-game win streak now against in-state teams. But, you know, Chapmanville just fought back. I mean, even though they lost, you know, Devin Collins, uh, Kish, Elkins, all those kids – uh, you know, you still got Obina, you still got Shoal, you still got Mullins, and Andrew Shoal had 27 points. He's hit, he hit six threes tonight, six threes against Nitro. Uh, Obina was in foul trouble, still had 19 points, including a dunk at the end where he nearly tore the rim down. And, uh, you know, they, they had some really key players like Hunter Jeffrey and uh, Chase Berry, the quarterback for Chapmo, came in and played good defensive minutes. You know, Philip Mullins knocked down some big threes. And, you know, they stormed back to win that game. And, and Chapmanville nearly won that game in uh, South Carolina a couple weeks ago, lost in overtime. They beat the Kentucky defending state champions in an exhibition game whenever Obina hit a three at the end. I mean, uh, Chapmanville is going to be extremely difficult this year to deal with. I mean, I was very impressed with them losing what they lost last year and doing what they did tonight against a school like International Sports Academy. I mean, that was a very impressive statement. Got a huge one tomorrow against Miller, Virginia. They were very impressive today beating Beckley Prep in a tight game. So I think that'll be a very fascinating matchup tomorrow. And you can watch it on video productions if anyone wants to watch it or listen to us on WVOW 101.9. Hey, Chris, I got to watch. <laughs> well done on that plug. Well done. I got to watch yeah. a little bit of the the, the <laughs> first half of the, the game tonight. It looked like uh, – ISA Osborne played much better than they did last night. I was very impressed with Beckley Prep last night in their win over ISA. And then uh, Chattonville got a little behind, but they uh, they stepped it up and came back for the big win uh, tonight. Uh, that's a great tournament going on down there this weekend. Yeah, all three games today, you know, I did two of them. I did the uh, the uh, Henderson Collegiate game uh, right before that uh, against uh, Taze Valley Christian Prep, and that was a, a very awesome game to do. I mean, just a lot of athletes, a lot of good play around the court. Uh, you know, those are two teams that have been nationally ranked, too. I mean, that was a fun game to do. and uh, I, It's really impressive what Chattanooga's been able to put on down there with all the talent that's there. and. Uh, phenom uh, hoops putting that on for everyone as well and uh, the fact that Chapmanville is able to contend with all these private schools and these top tier uh, talent teams uh, it really speaks to what Brad Knapper and his staff have really built there and also just the fact that Chapmanville uh, hasn't had to rebuild they've been reloading and you know because I didn't really know how much they could rely on a lot of the 
kids that will be stepping in. You know, you got a sophomore and a freshman starting now alongside these three seniors, and you know that, that it just shows the work that they've been putting in in that community. And uh, uh, it's uh, it's really says something. Knowing where we were about ten to fifteen years ago, when I started announcing games at WVOW. I mean, I don't, I don't even know if Chapel's players' parents were coming to the game ten, fifteen years ago. And now. And I mean, now you've got sellout crowds everywhere. They've had ten straight winning seasons. I mean, they're they're you know the the hallmark of a standard bearer of you know a, a program in West Virginia at the moment. It's uh, it's really been an incredible turnaround, and it shows the hard work that so many people have put in. And uh, you know, the fact they're attracting a lot of these top tier uh, talented teams around the area to come here now. Uh, it's uh, it's something I would have never imagined twelve, fifteen years ago. Chris Kidd, broadcaster for hire. He had his, uh, <laughs> he works some cheap. great game this week. He will work for cheap. He'll work eight days a week. That's Chris Kidd. Thanks so much for joining us. Merry Christmas, uh, Chris. We've got to get going. Now let's take another break. When we come back on the best of 2019-2020 basketball Friday night in West Virginia, we'll go back to episode 91 when the guys talked with Governor Jim Justice in what will be his first of a couple appearances on the best of show tonight as he talks about his Greenbrier East girls team. High School Basketball's Voice in the Mountain State. This is the best of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Haley McClure, Greenbrier East Spartans, Ryan Leap, Lincoln Cougars, Gage Huffman, Tyler Consolidated Knights, Rachel Bates, Valley Wetzel Lumberjills, Obina Anna Chili Killen, Chattanooville Tigers, Janiah Fargo, Musselman Lady Appleman, Sam Kermines, Williamstown Yellow Jackets, Calissa Lacey, George Washington Patriots, Nick Smith, Preston County Knights, Emily Hutchinson, Grace Christian Soldiers, K.J. McClung, University Hawks, Annie Hunt, Ravenswood Red Double X, and Colton Barr, Clay Battelle CBs. What they all have in common, they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. Next season, if you have someone remarkable on your team or an athlete that made an outstanding play, you can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and their volunteer work. Every Friday night, you've got to meet a new Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, read about each one of these Standout Athletes of the Week, and next season, click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab, fill out the nomination form, we'll take it from there, because we want you to nominate your team's athletes next season at BasketballNight.com. Congratulations to this season's Standout Athletes of the Week from Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is serious and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable in the world. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Welcome back to the 2019-2020 Best of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. I'm your host, Spencer Dupuy, and I'll be giving you the best moments of this season. The next moment comes from Episode 91 when the gang caught up with West Virginia Governor and Greenbrier East Girls Head Coach Jim Justice as the Spartans were in Florida for a holiday tournament. Tomorrow, and joining us is the head coach of the Spartans and the governor of West Virginia, Jim Justice. And Coach, good to have you with us tonight. Oh, no, guys, uh, you know, I'm tickled to talk to you. I'm sorry I wasn't able to get to you this afternoon, but, uh, you know, I had to coach a ball game. So, uh, <laughs> so, 
Nevertheless, it's good to talk to you. Uh, we know you're busy, and we certainly appreciate your time. And your ball club off to a very good start. Well, they are off to, you know, we played a, we played a really nice team today, a 7A team, you know, down here right outside of Jupiter, Florida. And, uh, uh, you know, different, you know, different times, you know, you know, about everybody tries to go to some holiday tournament somewhere. And, uh, and I think this is a really good one. You know, we're, we're playing a really nice team tomorrow out of, uh, I think they're called Pleasant Ridge. And, you know, I don't know where in Kentucky they're located, but I watched them play, you know, after we played and at six o'clock this evening and they, uh, they're the real deal. So, so they, uh, they played a nice game. And so I, I, I say we'll have our hands full tomorrow. It should be a lot of fun. Tell me a little bit about, you know, being able to take the team on the road. You're a long way from home. And, and, you know, what that does with your team from a bonding standpoint and also being able to keep it together on the floor against good competition. Well, they rode 19 hours on a bus yesterday. <laughs> and, and so that was that was a challenge. But, uh, but nevertheless, uh, you know, they – it came out really strong today in the first half. You know, we're able to put a lot of pressure. We've got some really, really nice shooters and, you know, a lot, a lot of, you know, different dimensions. Of, you know, we these kids know a lot. You know, you guys know we, uh, we switch defenses constantly and we run lots of different sets offensively and they just, they just know a lot of stuff and it gives me a kind of a war chest to pull from. But, uh, but, this is a nice team, and you know they it's still early in the season. They still got a long ways to go. They've, uh, you know, they they haven't really been tested quite yet. Even though they played some pretty decent teams, you know, they just, uh, you know, they just haven't really been tested. So, so we'll see. Uh, I mean, uh, as we go forward, uh, you know, that. Uh, uh, we'll see. We'll we'll see for sure in the next couple of games down here too. Hey, coach, let's talk about your team a little bit. I'm looking over the roster, and you're pretty well balanced. I mean, you're not you know senior late you know heavy. You're not uh, freshman heavy. You've got some sophomores and juniors in the mix. So just give us an overall view of your team. Well, we've got some experience, and then we've got some really young kids. We've got uh, we've got five kids. We've got six kids that all could start. And, you know, and we actually, we played the first six games. We alternated them all, all the way through. So we started a different lineup every night. And, uh, but of those six kids, five of them can really shoot it. And that's, and that's, that's really good. You know, it's really unusual. But, uh, but we've got, you know, the Dunbar kids back. You know, she's, uh, she's helping us a lot inside. You know, Haley's playing, Haley McClure's playing just absolutely lights out, you know, but, uh, yeah, and then you've got, you know, Amaya Damon, who's, who was a freshman last year, sophomore now, and Amaya is as strong as she can be. You got her point guard back, Kate Perkins. You know, you've got Emma Dodson back. You've got a little freshman, you know, in, uh, in Caden Stewart, who can just absolutely shoot the eyes out of it. So, so, uh, the long and short of it is, you know, I think, I think from the, from, you know, that we've, we're we're really strong, you know, in the top six, and deep enough beyond that to uh, to be able to fill in and fill in well. And so, so you know, it's just it's just a matter of uh, that we got we got a ways to go. That's all there's to it. 
Governor, first off, uh, uh, I was down in Florida last weekend for the Gasparilla Bowl, so hopefully you'll have better results than I did on my trip. But uh, I, I will say that, you know, you, with your experience coaching, uh, and you, you've taken girls to tournaments uh, for a lot of years, you know, talk about the uh, aspect of balancing the work you want to do the the in wanting to get results on the court with, especially going to Florida. You, you, the kids are going to want to go have some fun, maybe get a little beach time. How do you balance that out? Well, you balance that. I hate to say this, but, you know, we don't play till 4 o'clock tomorrow. We didn't play till 2 o'clock today. Our kids weren't on the beach yesterday. They, I mean, today, they're not going to be on the beach tomorrow. Till after we play, we don't play Sunday. We'll go, we'll go to the beach on Sunday and then play again on Monday and then get on the bus and head home. But uh, but we're here to play basketball first and foremost. And, uh, and, and the kids, you know, the kids are great with that. But... Uh, but you want them to have fun. I mean, that's that's why that's why you play athletics and everything to to have some fun and and and, and learn a lot from it. But uh, but I, you know, we we really really try as hard as we possibly can all the time to make this experience the greatest experience for each and every one of them that it can possibly be. But at the same time, we want to be serious about what we're doing. I mean, I, I hate to say this because this, this may not sound exactly right, but uh, but I got plenty to do, and and I'm not <laughs> going to be a vet ball coach. You know, I, if if I'm going to do this job, I'm going to do it right, and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability for these kids. And so, so uh, and, and I've done it a long time. Gosh, no, it's hard to believe how long, but uh, <laughs> but it's uh, it, it's good. It's really good. And coach, before we let you go, we know you you'll want to get some uh, try to get some sleep tonight after a long day, obviously. But um, Haley McClure, we will have a lot more on her as we go on throughout this show. She's our standout athlete of the week this week. Uh, she had two forty point games back to back for you: a two time first team All State selection and a second team All State selection her freshman season. That's a pretty good place to start when it comes to a leadership role on your team. I'd say that's the understatement of all time. <laughs> you know, I mean, Haley's the real deal, and, and it just so happened that, you know, while we were talking, she just walked in the door. And, uh, and, and so she's sitting here talking to my wife, Kathy, and, uh, but, but Haley is, Haley's always there, and, you know, she, she just works really hard all the time. She works every single day, but this is a smart kid and a really pleasant kid to be around, and, uh, it's a winner. I mean, Haley's going to go through her life and do all kinds of great stuff, and uh, she's going to play lots and lots of basketball games to come, and, and you know, I could never be more proud of her. I just, I'm just going to be awful sad, you know, when this the last game's over. So, so uh, you know, but, but she, she's been a star in lots and lots of different ways. Well, I'll enjoy Watching it while we can because they uh, that's the sad thing. Seniors graduate, but it's also a good thing in the long term as well. Governor Jim Justice, head coach of the Greenbrier East Girls basketball team, joining us from Jupiter, Florida, and coach slash governor, congratulations on the win, a fantastic start, and hopefully we'll get to talk some more basketball on down the line. All right, guys. Listen, you guys do a great job for our entire state, and I really appreciate you in every way. Thank you again. All right. That is the governor of the great state of West Virginia, Jim Justice. We greatly appreciate that. 
Great interview with Jim Justice as always, and we know he's a very busy man right now with the COVID-19 pandemic. So now the gang talks with Eric Little of WVVV as he broadcasts the Parkersburg South versus Parkersburg game on December 27th, which also happened to be his birthday. Eric, from a broadcasting standpoint, that's a pretty good little birthday gift. Yeah, it's a fun game to get to do uh, because the crowd is always into it. There are a lot of people that come out to this one, but uh, this was a little bit more on cruise control than Parkersburg South is usually able to take it against PHS. South had a chance midway through to late in the second quarter to pull away and really didn't take advantage of it. Their best score, Malachi Sylvia, was in some foul trouble. Uh, so they were really treading water in the second quarter without him. And they did a good job to go to that bench to seal some minutes and then did pull away in the third quarter and turn it into somewhat of a laugh or late. Uh, but an impressive win. Uh, it's, it's Brett Rector's first win in the rivalry. Uh, we were talking to him in the postgame show. He's a Ravenswood guy. Uh, so uh, I, I think I – sorry about that. Oh, that's all right. No, I, I said uh, for you, a rivalry game, uh, I think you probably got here to ask where the hatchet was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Ripley Ravenswood for him. But yeah. uh, that, that, as far as he knows, that's what rivalry means. But – uh, no, it was a good crowd. They got into it early, and then allowed the Patriots to pull away. They got points from 11 different guys, and 10 of those came in the first half. So uh, they're finding ways to get this bench involved in the use of depth early in the season so that when they get foul trouble, it's not been a problem. They've had uh, quality options to lean on uh, in the interim. Parkersburg South getting the win tonight over Parkersburg, 70-52. to And, Eric, that was coming off of a loss. Oh, listen. Uh Uh-oh, listen to that. We always got to celebrate when a family member has a birthday. Yes, Eric is part of the Oh, look at this. Yes, right? Eric is part of the family. We will all eat cake. You won't get any of it because we can't get it. But (laughs) but we will do it in your honor. We will eat well in your honor, Eric. Well, that's that's what I like to hear. I actually had uh, I actually had a fan bring me cake tonight. Wow! Uh, See, that's that's what I like about West the Virginia. Eric Little Fan Club. Yeah, hey, that's, I love that. <laughs> well, the the Southside Psychos started the third quarter singing "Happy Birthday." Hey, there there and, you go. I was touched. I was touched, as I am right now, and I thank you for that. Hey, absolutely, and well, not a lot of time to celebrate. That's a big emotionally charged rivalry game, even when one team is a, you know. A, significantly better than the other at this point in the season but now you look at the ahead and you get to see billy c tomorrow night yeah yeah looking forward to having you out of the valley tomorrow night eric i'm looking forward to it looking forward to it as well i think we're going to see an intense game and honestly i think it would have benefited spring valley a little bit more if this game tonight would have been a little bit more intense and a little closer it's a rivalry game but south was able to pull some fleet people a little earlier than normally you'd expect to and i'm sure spring valley still very stung and still remembers losing that regional final on their home floor last year yeah. and they're, they're going to want to get back after parkersburg south even though a lot of personnel are different than last year's group it doesn't matter those jerseys on the front still say south so i expect a good crowd tomorrow night and uh, a pretty intense basketball game but you had to go from your crosstown rivalry to a regional matchup a regional final rematch from last year and back-to-back nights that's not the way you would script it if you could, but I think this team that the Brett Rector's got, they're a loose group in that I don't think they look at things like that as an instrumental challenge. They're willing to take on 
whatever comes their way. You like that out of groups of players. You like that when a group might rally around some circumstances that others would be intimidated and or daunted by. Now let's get in another break when we come back on the best of 2019-2020 basketball Friday night in West Virginia. We'll go to back to episode 91 again and get you that week's standout athlete of the week. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. This is the best of basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University, visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Watch our live high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. It takes just one click to watch. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. On Facebook Live, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash hoops roundup. On Periscope, twitter.com forward slash hoops underscore roundup. On cable in the Huntington region, we're on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. We're on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Just click on our affiliates page for a station nearest you. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Marshall University sports journalism major offers students the opportunity to develop skills in the exciting areas of print, public relations, or broadcasting. Our curriculum features terrific skill-based courses and prioritizes hands-on experiences that not only expose the students' work to the public, but also to sports journalism professionals who are often willing to provide crucial feedback. Marshall Sports Journalism majors cover our 15 varsity teams in any media format, including text, online, photo, radio, or video. Hands-on, real-life experiences come through Marshall's student-powered media, the Parthenon, WMUL Radio, and MUTV, as well as communications campaigns and off-campus internships. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Welcome back to the 2019-2020 Best of Edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. I'm your host, Spencer Pui. I'll be giving you the best moments from this season on the show. And now we'll get to the second standout athlete of the season, Haley McClure of Greenbrier East, who scored 40 points in back-to-back games to start the season. Wesley Steele joins Ryan and Joe to discuss. Now is Wesley Steele as he's going to introduce us to this week's standout athlete of the week, Haley McClure of Greenbrier East. And Wesley, she's really good at putting the ball in the basket. Absolutely. She's scored 40 points in two consecutive games earlier this season, one against Riverside, another against Bluefield. That game against Riverside, she actually scored more than Riverside did as a team. Riverside scored only 39 points that game. And a highly decorated player as well. A lot expected of her coming into this, her senior season, after being named first team All-State twice already. She's been a, a fixture on the All-State list. Yeah, it was named first team All-State her sophomore and junior season. It was also named all tournament team at state tournament last season so a lot of accolades she's received and that girls basketball team of Greenbrier East a perfect 7-0 and getting ready to play Pleasure Ridge Park out of Louisville Kentucky tomorrow uh, can't ask for a better start though absolutely I mean there's only three AAA teams undefeated at the moment uh, Wheeling Park Cabell Midland and Greenbrier East and Greenbrier East has not only won all those games they've had the best offense in the state of West Virginia for a girls team scoring six more points per game than any other team, regardless of class. And the Spartans are a perfect 7-0. and 
She plays for the governor. He's her head coach. She is Haley McClure of Greenbrier East. Wesley now has more on our standout athlete of the week. Legendary Chicago Bulls and Los Angeles Lakers coach Phil Jackson claims the strength of the team is each individual member. The strength of each member is the team. This symbiotic relationship shines through this week's standout athlete of the week, Haley McClure, because as she makes her team better, in turn, the team makes her better. After leading her team to a state tournament semifinal berth last season, the accolades rolled in for the Greenbrier East star as McClure was named to the all-tournament team to go along with her earning first-team AAA All-State. Instead of resting on her laurels, McClure is starting the 2019-2020 season on fire by posting consecutive eye-popping 40-point outings that featured 15 combined three-pointers. Remaining humble, McClure credits her scoring acumen to her teammates' abilities to help her get open shots within the flow of the game. It really just comes. My teammates really set me up on the floor, and that's really why I scored 40 points. They scraped those games because of them. McClure and her teammates support a perfect 7-0 and record, all while posting a prolific 80 points per game offense that leads any girls team in West Virginia, regardless of class. McClure's cousin, Portia Taylor, says that the lofty accomplishments achieved so far may be exceeded due to the work ethic the Screenbuyer East squad possesses. They have a great group of girls, and if they all continue to work together and striving to be perfection, they can go all the way. Along with being a three-year starter on the basketball court, McClure has been a three-year letter winner in volleyball. During her recently completed senior season, she received All-State Honorable Mention. McClure claims the conditioning necessary to play volleyball also serves as preparation for the basketball season. Volleyball and basketball conditioning are a lot different, but getting in shape for volleyball just helps me get in shape for basketball. Even though they're two different kinds of shape, it really helps it become easier through the season. It helps my vertical, my speed, all of that. Outside the gymnasium, McClure is involved with several additional extracurricular activities such as being treasurer of HOSA Future Health Professionals, as well as memberships in National Honor Society and Junior ROTC. Inside the classroom, McClure has accrued a 3.87 GPA. Her cousin Portia Taylor claims her GPA is impressive considering her loaded schedule. She keeps up with her studies, um, doesn't have any problems, their travel, come back late from sports and she still has time to get her work done and and pay attention to her studies and she's in groups, clubs, and she's very active in school. Upon graduating from Greenbrier East, McClure suggests she will continue her education at Coker University in South Carolina where she plans to play college basketball after signing her scholarship offer. She will begin her pre-med major next fall in preparation for a desired career in sonography. However, before the curtain falls on her high school career, McClure intends to remain a strength for her team, just as she will draw continually from the strength of her teammates. This time around, she is seeking a state championship berth that eluded the Lady Spartans this past season. For Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm Special Correspondent Wesley Steele. You'll hear more about the standout athletes later in the show. Now to our next moment, which was a week later when undefeated Cabell Midland and undefeated Winfield did battle. And Winfield Radio Network's Taylor Kennedy talks about the great battle on the court with the Midland, with the Midland Knights prevailing. Taylor Kennedy, student broadcaster of the Winfield Radio Network. He had to call that girls game between uh, undefeated Winfield, undefeated Cavill Midland. Taylor, the Knights come out with the win tonight, but when you get undefeated together in January, you expect a good game and you had one tonight. Well, on paper, it was, it was a game that a lot of people would want to buy a ticket to 
two prolific offenses with a bunch of weapons on both sides of the floor. Winfield had a lot of offensive help tonight, but they fell short and lost by 11. They were led by senior forward Emily Hudson. She had 13 points along with having 10 rebounds as well. Her and her twin sister, Lauren Hudson, she had a double-double as well with 11 and 13 for Winfield. Winfield also had two other players score 11 points, seniors ZZ Russell and Mara McGrew. But the main story from tonight's game, guys, is Midland was just too good offensively, and Winfield had a hard time with Midland's full-court press. Midland was led by the Ali sisters, Riley and um, Jada Ali. They combined for 30 points, and, you know, it, it goes back to what I've said before, and I've told it to numerous people, but if you can win a basketball game and you have a bunch of players that are committed to what your game plan is, then you will win. And I, you definitely saw that from what Midland did tonight. Riley Ali did a tremendous job with seeing the floor and getting her uh, fellow teammates involved. She's a very, very good passer. A lot of times that I, I would actually be behind on the call because she was, she's just too flashy, and she not like in a bad way, but she's, she's a very good passer and very quick and very good point guard for the Lady Knights. Uh, Autumn Lewis also had 15 points. She was the most outstanding player in the Carolina Invitational last week uh, in South Carolina for Midland. And also Jasmine Wheeler had 10 points alongside those three players for the Lady Knights. But the main, like I said, the main thing that's a ma- that was a big issue for Winfield was Winfield committed 19 turnovers. But coming into tonight's game, they only averaged 13 turnovers a game. So Midland's full-court pressure and a lot of their uh, on-ball pressure was very disruptive in what uh, Winfield tried to do offensively, which led to those 19 turnovers for Midland. But the one stat that really is really getting my eye is that Winfield out-rebounded Midland by 12, 37-25. to 25. They were very active on the offensive glass. They had 13 offensive rebounds. And yet again, Coach Spang does a tremendous job with her team making sure that they win the rebounding battle, and they did, they did just that today. But yet again, they fall short by 11, 72-61 to 61 against the Cabell Midland Lady Knights. Big rivalry game coming up for Winfield. Um, the Generals play again on Monday at home against Hurricane, cross-county rival, also the former head coach of the Winfield girls basketball team, uh, Coach Lucas now with the uh, Winfield or with the Hurricane girls. So that'll be interesting to, to see that matchup on Monday as well. Absolutely. They they met in the season opener. Winfield won that game handily. I believe they won by uh, 15 or more points. But it, that was the first game of the year, and Winfield has already played seven games. So there's been a lot of there's been a lot of room for improvement offensively and defensively. But it'll definitely be a good game at Winfield uh, High School next Tuesday as – Hurricane comes to Winfield this time, excuse me, next Monday, as they play on the 6th. And it will be interesting to see how this Winfield team can rebound after suffering their first loss. Granted, this Midland team was a very good team and a very good test for this uh, experienced Winfield team. I do think that Hurricane will do a little, a couple things differently. Um, but I do, I do see a better game this time around than what happened than we saw in the season over, opener between Winfield and Hurricane. Taylor Kennedy, student broadcaster from the Winfield Radio Network. He had the call tonight of the Lady General's loss to Cabell Midland. Taylor, thanks so much for calling. Look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you. I do appreciate you guys' time. All right, absolutely. That's Taylor Kennedy, and we continue to be. Now let's take another break. When we come back, 
On the Best of 2019-2020 show, the guys will discuss a play from high school basketball in the Mountain State that got some national attention. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights. This is the Best of Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Special thanks tonight to our radio affiliates, including Maverick Country, 104.1 FM, WVXS Romney, Z92, 92.5 FM, WZAC, Danville, Madison, Charleston, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WYRC, Spencer, 1360 AM, 97.1 FM, WHJC, Make we rock West Virginia louder. 105 KQV, WKQV Cowan, 105.5 FM, and heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM, 103.7 FM, WQWVN Fisher, The Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, 98.1 FM, WKKX Wheeling, 1370 AM, 97.7 FM, WVLY Moundsville, 92.5 FM, WTHM LP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Knights Radio, 91. 5 FM WRSG Middleburn Talk Radio WRNR Martinsburg 7:40 AM 106.5 FM Classic Hits 106 WHFI Linside 106.7 FM 95 The Sports Fox WBES Charleston 9:50 AM The Voice of the Coalfields 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WVOW Logan Light Rock 93R WRRR St. Mary's 93.9 FM The Ticket 102.3 FM WMTD Hinton 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP Edmund Beckley 101.7 FM WYAPLP Clay 104.5 FM WASPLP Huntington 101.1 FM WVWPLP Wayne 90.7 FM WFG84K and Marshall University's flagship station The Cutting Edge 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington Welcome to the second hour of the 2019-2020 Best of Edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. I'm your host, Spencer Dupuy. I'll be giving you the best moments from this season of the show. First this hour, we will start off with Robert Seabird's top play on SportsCenter. Ryan, Bill, and Rick discuss it. So, guys, before we get into our scoreboard update to, to begin the program, Top play of Sports Center earlier this <laughs> yeah, week baby. was Robert C. Bird <laughs> yeah. against East Fairmont. What a play that was. We'll, we'll talk much about this. That was yeah. also Scott Van Pelt's like one thing to watch. Is yeah. you, we're showing you on the video feed right now. Block shot, saved inbounds, baseball pass to the opposite of the court, yeah. throw it off the backboard there. for a dunk. Four players there. touched the ball yeah, in I, that. I was going to say there were four elements that made that play work, and, it, and all of it was hustle, hustle, hustle. <laughs> it fell right in together, and, and of course, that's you know always a good thing to get West Virginia on the map. Uh, then a little while later, Bill Nestor of WPDX in Clarksburg, who broadcasts Robert C. Bird's games, joins the game to talk about the team's win over Fairmont Senior and the top play on SportsCenter. Bill, first off, uh, let's talk about this game tonight. Big win tonight for the Eagles. Yeah, huge win for the Eagles, guys. Uh, fourth in a row for RCB that started out 0-2 uh, and two on the season. And uh, starting to find their stride, getting things going. You know, I've missed talking with you guys. There haven't been uh, a lot of things going on because we had about a 16-day layoff uh, for Robert C. Burton, and they finally got back in action uh, last Saturday. And so didn't get a chance to talk to you last week either. Uh, but so, yeah, big win tonight over Fairmont Senior. 
uh, first time in several years uh, that Robert Seaburn had a chance to beat the Polar Bears and uh, really did in convincing fashion and a lot of guys step up and get the job done. And uh, some things have happened for RCB, battling back through some injuries and adversity early on. Now they're pretty much at full strength. They're going about 10 deep, and now the biggest problem for them is finding a way to get everybody playing time. So uh, everybody contributed tonight in a big win over Fairmont Senior. So getting the win tonight over the Polar Bears. And, Bill, it's been a fascinating week for Robert Seabird boys basketball. Let's leave it at that for now, right? Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, obviously on Wednesday, and, of course, having to call that game, uh, when the play uh, in reference to uh, took place, you could tell something special was going on from the beginning. But as it unfolded, it seemed like it took a lot longer than what it actually did in real time. And the way it panned out, I don't think anybody saw it coming. And I can break it down for you. First of all, for RCB, the first time uh, that they've ever been on ESPN's top ten, let alone the number one play uh, on ESPN. And that was really a a special honor. But uh, what happens is uh, Robert C. Bird has an opportunity about a minute before the play takes place to get what looks to be a big dunk. They've got a couple guys that are high flyers. Bryson Lucas is on his way in for a dunk, and he gets uh, fouled pretty hard on the play. There's not an intentional foul call, but I think it kind of got to him. Now, Lucas is a premier shot blocker, so uh, a couple possessions later, a shot's taken on the baseline, and Lucas swats the shot, and it starts to go out of bounds, and he sprints towards the sideline, jumps, goes facing towards the uh, bleachers, saves the ball in midair, and flips it right over his shoulder. So when he saves the ball in the play to his teammate, uh, the next thing you see is a, a fast-break opportunity. So the ball goes from the backcourt, a baseball pass, down the floor to Tommy Hawkins. Now Hawkins looks like he's going to go up for a layup. Everything looks like it's a kosher layup opportunity. But he bounces it off the backboard without any instruction. And typically when you see someone throw it off the glass to a teammate, usually they're turning, looking backwards to make sure they're there. Well, Hawkins doesn't even look on the play just goes right to the backboard, throws it off the glass. Corey Miles comes in, goes up in one hand, catches it, slams it home. Just a, a beautiful play, fantastic play, exciting play to call. And it's nice to see some recognition for some of the players who've worked hard throughout the season and throughout their careers. All those guys involved in that play have been mainstays for a few years for Robert Seabird. So yeah, to get that opportunity is pretty special. What a what a spectacular time. As you mentioned, we haven't had a chance to talk. It's just Robert C. Bird's had a lot of big gaps in the schedule early on, not a lot of Friday night games. Uh, how about this team? It started out 0-2, had a very difficult loss to an excellent Shady Spring team, a game that I, I guarantee you everyone in Clarksburg feels they should have won. Uh, lost that game, though, late. And uh, this is a ball club that has potential to make some noise as we get into uh, the games that really catch a lot of people's attention through February and March. I think you're right, Ron. They really do. And, of course, you look back at that Shady Spring game, uh, you're talking about having an 18-point lead in the second half and, and playing without a starter from last year. Blake Men, uh, a sharpshooter, uh, hurt his knee last practice prior to the opening game. He just came back tonight, so he's been gone this whole time. So they were forced to thrust a couple freshmen into the uh, lineup, uh, guys that obviously weren't prepared to play, especially against a quality team like Shady Springs. So the outcome wasn't exactly what RCB wanted. And then uh, we talked about that lengthy break. And so 16 days off, and then they come back and play Crosstown Rival Bridgeport at Bridgeport, which is a very tough place to play. They get that huge win. They've reeled off a couple more wins since then. 
So things have started to go their way. And, and the most important thing about this team is they've got all the tools necessary to win. Of course, you know, you've got to have the perimeter play. You've got to have guards that can handle the ball. You've got to have players that can shoot it, that can penetrate. They've got all that. They've got some athletic players that can run in transition. And they've got a little bit of size. And they're bringing along a couple guys. And if those guys can pan out inside, they'll have the total package and could be a, a threat come tournament time. But So it's all right there. It's just a matter of putting it all together and gelling and kind of hitting your peak at the right time. But right now, the four-game win streak is giving some confidence to some of those freshmen that I talked about earlier. And uh, they're going to they're be a, a good team, that's for sure. They're already good now, but the sky's the limit for this team. And they're well-coached. Billy Bennett does an excellent job with them, a, a great coach. He's had a lot of success in the past, and he's, he's pretty excited about what this team can accomplish this season. Bill, uh, Coach Bennett, you, you mentioned uh, what a fine coach he is, and that is true. And, and having that long break around the holidays, was this a chance maybe for him to have a, you might want to call it Camp Bennett. To, at UK, they call it Camp Cal when when they have the players there and they and they concentrate on basketball and don't have to worry about school. Is that kind of maybe what Coach Bennett did? What an excellent point. Excellent point there. And, you know, the, the best part of uh, – Coach Bennett's coaching as a whole is the ability to take practice time and maximize it. And so when he gets a chance to, to, to get his guys in the gymnasium, you very seldom, if he's got a couple days to prepare, you'll see a huge difference. Anything that went, went awry, didn't go the way he wanted in the previous game, he'll have that fixed and ready to go by the next time they hit the hard one. He just really, really is a great practice coach. So, yeah, that's exactly what's happened. And this team has been about face. You know, they had a couple tough ones, as we talked about earlier. But we see just a much uh, different attitude and outlook from these players. And it's all because of what they've done and the hard work they've put in practice. And, and Bill, we got that score from earlier in the week over East Fairmont, the 63-30 score. What was the score of tonight's game? It was a 20-point game this evening. Okay. Uh, so it was another big, big win for RCB, yeah. So they've, they've, uh, the Bridgeport game was a close one. But uh, out of the four games that they have won during this stretch, three of them have been, uh, you know, pretty sizable, uh, 20-point-plus games. So, uh, you know, they're, they're finding ways to, to produce. And, you know, the thing about RCB is defensively their trademark is a, is a man-to-man defense. They love to extend it. They love to get after the basketball. And uh, that puts pressure on other teams. Fairmont Senior tonight came out with a good game plan. I'll tell you, Dave Retton, a fantastic guy and a great coach himself, uh, comes out takes the ball, spreads the floor, and utilizes uh, you know a slowdown type of game. And really, until about midway into the fourth quarter, his team was in it. It was a three-possession game at that time, and then RCB just put the foot on the gas, and they came away with a big win. But so you you, you got to find ways to play defense, get some easy buckets in transition, and that's what they're doing. RCB's got three guys scoring double figures and two other guys in the 7.5 to 8.5 point range right now so they're getting offensive production from a host of different players and that makes it tough for other teams they can't just key on one or two guys they've got to be able to play total team defense so really it's it's a a special mix of players and and a great opportunity for this team this season voice of the robert c bird eagles bill nestor thanks so much for joining us bill good to catch up with you and looking forward to talking some more basketball on down the road hey guys i've missed you Great to talk with you and looking forward to talking to you. Have a great rest of the show and a great weekend as well. All right. Thanks so much. It's Bill Nestor, WPD. Next up on the show, Lincoln County Boys head coach Jordan Toth discusses the team's big win over Lewis County 47-45.
Coach, buzzer beater from Peyton Hawkins to win it. Take me through the final moments of that game. Hey, guys, uh, thanks for having me on, first of all. Uh, so, you know, we called timeout with about nine seconds left, and uh, we wanted to get a little high-low action, uh, best match uh, with Peyton down low. And uh, Zach Snyder, our point guard, uh, saw a little seam there and drove it. And he got blocked, and the ball kind of just scrambled around a little bit and went to Ryan Leap, who kind of poked it to Peyton. And uh, Peyton just turned around and got rid of it as quick as he can. Actually got fouled on the play, but uh, didn't have to shoot free throws because the ball went uh, in right at the buzzer. What an emotional game. And Is that game harder on the players or the coach? <laughs> oh, it was definitely harder on me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, we, uh, we got it tonight out. Our, our kids have a lot of heart and, uh, we weren't, uh, really efficient offensively tonight as we have, uh, as we've been showing. But, uh, you know, sometimes you have those in basketball and, uh, so we, tonight we a lot relied on defense and, uh, our defense has been good for us all year. And, uh, so it was definitely, uh, it was definitely an emotional game, but, uh, you know, we just made one more play than them at the end and then, uh, you know, got the win tonight. Your ball club has three losses on the season, but it's been in all three of those games. A tough loss early in the year to a very good West Side team on the road. Also, a very difficult loss to uh, Frankfurt as an eight-point game in the Lincoln Hoops Classic, and then uh, split two games with Scott. So you're not that far away from making what is so far a good season into a very good season. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, the three losses, you know, we were right there all three games. And, uh, you know, we feel that, you know, honestly, we kind of should be undefeated right now if, if you go back and we watch film. And, uh, um, you know, free throw line got us all three games. We didn't shoot the ball well. Uh, we turned it over too much at West Side, you know. And, uh, uh, but all, all good learning experiences, you know, early on in the season, and you grow from those, and, and you know, you put those behind you, and you learn from them, and you try not to repeat them. Uh, so, uh, you know, pretty pleased right now with where we're at. Our defense, like I said, has been consistent all year. Uh, we just have to keep growing and just keep climbing and just, uh, you know, keep improving. And, uh, you know, we have to set ourselves up for a, a, a good sectional seed. Uh, you know, that, those, that these games right now are, are what's so important to seed you in, you know, late February, early March. Coach, the, your, your section, region, uh, all those uh, Big Ten uh, games up there, uh, it is a real uh, juggernaut. I mean, uh, there is no chance for you guys to have an off night or a time off because everyone is coming at you and challenge you. All those games and all those teams are so competitive up there. Uh, you know, along with the Cardinal Conference, by far the best double-A conference and in, in best double-A area in the state. Yes, you make a, a great point, and it's something that we discuss as a team pretty much on a daily basis. And, uh, you know, we can't have an off night because the schedule that we play, I think, is, is very uh, competitive. It's very tough. And I think we've played a tough schedule early on this year. And I'm hoping and I'm starting to see that will help us, you know, later on down the road. But, yeah, our uh, our sectional is, you know, in my opinion, uh, one of the toughest in the state. And I know there's some tough ones down south as well. Um, but, you know, RCB, uh, they look really good right now. And Bridgeport's always very consistent. And we got a nice road win over Elkins the other night, another team. And then, you know, uh, the other side of it. Uh, so tonight was very important getting that win over Lewis County because they're on the other side of our section. And uh, we play uh, – 
Braxton County on Monday night, so another important game for us. And then we play uh, Nicholas County later this season. So, uh, yeah, very difficult. We can't have an off night. Uh, we have to be uh, consistent every night. And, uh, you know, you, you just hope that the coach, all these games, get you prepared and, and ready uh, for, you know, uh, sectional time. And, and that's what we're trying to do right now. Coach, congratulations on that hard-fought win at the buzzer tonight. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on, and go Cougars. All right, that's Jordan Toth. He's the head coach of the Lincoln Cougars boys basketball team. They pick up. Now let's take another break. When we come back on the Best of 2019-2020 show, we'll jump to episode 94 when the gang talked about how interesting that the girls' AAA classification is, as well as talk with AAA George Washington girls head coach Jamie Lamaster. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. This is the best of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University, visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Watch our live high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. It takes just one click to watch. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. On Facebook Live, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash hoops roundup. On Periscope, twitter.com forward slash hoops underscore roundup. On cable in the Huntington region, we're on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. We're on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Just click on our affiliates page for a station nearest you. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Marshall University sports journalism major offers students the opportunity to develop skills in the exciting areas of print, public relations, or broadcasting. Our curriculum features terrific skill-based courses and prioritizes hands-on experiences that not only expose the students' work to the public, but also to sports journalism professionals who are often willing to provide crucial feedback. Marshall sports journalism majors cover our 15 varsity teams in any media format, including text, online, photo, radio, or video. Hands-on, real-life experiences come through Marshall's student-powered media, the Parthenon, WMUL Radio, and MUTV, as well as communications campaigns and off-campus internships. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Welcome back to the 2019-2020 Best of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia edition. I'm your host, Spencer Dupuis. I'll be giving you the best moments from this season of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the final scheduled show is now tainted because of the COVID-19 virus that stopped all sports, not only in the Mountain State, but also across the nation and the world. Our next moment is from episode 94, as AAA girls is an interesting classification that the team discussed. George Washington head coach Jamie Lamaster also talks about his team's win over Woodrow Wilson and what a good week his team had. The way things have been going in Class AAA girls basketball, I think it's an interesting... uh, Interesting classification this year. You've got undefeated Cabell Midland. Are they the best team in AAA? Maybe, maybe not. Parkersburg is still very good and got a little bit taller recently uh, with the addition of a 6'5 player who transferred in. And a team that is always steady, though, is George Washington. The Patriots are 7-3 this season. Yesterday, the 
Uh, Patriots were able to pick up a win at home over Woodrow Wilson, 63-53. The head coach of the Patriots is Jamie LeMaster. He joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And Coach LeMaster, your girls at George Washington playing pretty good basketball right now. You know, they're picking a good time to do it. Yes, sir. They've uh, they've had a, a tough week and a, a great week, and uh, I'm taking a day just to catch my breath today and uh, try to get refreshed a little bit. Uh, you had that big win last night at home over Woodrow Wilson, who is having a very good season of their own, a potential top ten matchup there uh, between those two teams. How was your team able to uh, to handle that win? How how were you able to come out on top? Um. Uh, well, we had a we had a, a, a real test earlier in the week against Huntington High School, in which we found ourselves down at the end of the first quarter. I, I believe it was twenty-two to eight. <clears throat> and uh, in the timeout, I I just stayed calm and coached them, and I said, "Guys, you know, to give us a chance, you need to get this thing back to about seven or eight points to give us an opportunity." And fortunately, they got it tied at the half, and then in the second half, we were able to move forward and uh, pick up, uh, I think, a twelve-point win over Huntington. So we learned to play through through the score adversity, and then against Woodrow Wilson the other night, who's another very good team, very well coached, uh, we had to learn to battle foul problems, um, and we were able to work through that. And uh, you know, I think at the end of the third quarter, we were actually down, and then uh, found a way to play well through the fourth and show some basketball IQ and make some good decisions and make our free throws, and ended up you know pulling that one out by ten points, but. Both those teams are just just tremendous athletes, tremendous coaches, and great tests for our ball club. Jamie, uh, you look at the class AAA and the rankings and so forth, and it looks like once again, uh, you know, uh, not uh, putting down anybody else around the state, but pr- probably a very good possibility three or four MSAC teams could be in Charleston come uh, come March. Uh, yes, sir. It seems like that every year that the MSAC is always well represented. Been a, a very tough league to play through, and when you play through the MSA schedule, and if you're, you know, watch what you do in your non-conference and you schedule, you know, solid opponents, uh, you'll be you'll be very well prepared for looking ahead down down the road towards the end of the season. Coach, you got a, it. Looks like a veteran roster. Uh, does that make it easier to coach or tougher to coach? Makes it a little bit easier, and when you said veteran roster, I, I wanted to say finally because I've, <laughs> I've been so young. I've been so young for so long, but you know, this year uh, we have six seniors and five juniors, and we've settled into about a seven-player rotation. And in that rotation, I've got Calissa Lacey, who's a junior, Mary Lyle Smith, a junior, uh, Maya Washington, a senior, Kaya Thompson, a senior, Vivian Ho, a junior, Lauren Harmison, a senior, and Nevaeh Harmon, a senior. So when you have those three- and four-year kids that are just not three- and four-year, I mean, they've been playing for three- and four-years, and they've been around, they understand, and, you know, again, mentioning the MSAC and the schedules we play, you know, by the time they get to be 17-, 18-year-old juniors and seniors, they're, they're well-prepared. So it makes my job a little bit easier, um, but playing in this conference and this schedule is never easy. So, but it's nice to have some veteran kids around you. And speaking of veteran kids and kids who are a big part of your program, you mentioned Calissa Lacey. Her stat line last night, 34 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, 5 steals. Tell me a little bit about Calissa Lacey and what she means to your team. I'm glad she plays for me instead of against me. <laughs> I'll tell you that right off. But uh, Calissa is just a tremendous individual. Um, on the basketball court, obviously, she 
you know, has the flashy numbers. And, and it's not just a three-point scoring anymore. It's her ability to get to the rim, you know, get the ball to other kids. And, you know, I think her biggest asset, I was asked this the other day, is her ability to make kids around her better. And that's just what she does. And she never gets rattled, you know, uh, these last two games early, although there was some pretty aggressive defense. And uh, she had – it took her a few minutes to settle into that. But once she settled in and got that first shot to go down, she um, she was able to do what Calissa does. And not only on the basketball court, in the community, in the classroom, you know, high GPA, very intelligent kid, comes from a great family. And uh, just, again, she's just a joy to coach and a pleasure to be around. Jamie LeMaster, head coach of the George Washington girls basketball team, 7-3 and three after a come-from-behind 63-53 win over Woodrow Wilson. That followed a come-from-behind 66-54 uh, win over Huntington earlier in the week. And they'll be back in action this upcoming week, a game with, at home against Riverside, and then next Friday, a game at Spring Valley. Coach LeMaster, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, and uh, appreciate everything you guys do for girls' basketball and the sport of basketball in general for West Virginia. Thank uh, you. Greatly appreciate that, Coach. And, uh, again, uh, Bill Cornwell, George Washington is a program that has been good for a long yeah. time. Consistent. Um, consistent, absolutely. Uh, they don't necessarily have a state championship to show for no. it, but, but they make a run into Charleston almost every they year. They are consistently in the state tournament, and they, they, they make a stand there, and they just really haven't been able to – kind of get over the top there been just it seems like they never pick the year where maybe this is going to be our turn you know they, they they always run into somebody who's just a little bit stronger a little bit more talented but they're always there and you mentioned who they got next week yeah they they play uh, riverside on wednesday then they go to spring valley next friday and then they play saturday afternoon at home against wheeling park so in less than 24 hours, they got two games, road game with Spring Valley, home game with Wheeling Park. That should be a, a very interesting weekend uh, next week for George Washington. Staying with Episode 94, Ryan, Bill, and Joe are joined in the studio by Kirk Wells, the head coach of Grace Christian Girls Basketball Team, as his team got a big overtime win during that week. 9.45 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Gang's all here, Ryan Appling alongside Joe Wimville, Bill Cornwell. Not quite, because Coach Rick Marone's not with us tonight, but... You know, one thing that we are very fortunate is to be able to connect with coaches throughout throughout the state of West Virginia, and one of those coaches that, that has really been a big help to our program as well here in, in recent times is the head coach of the Grace Christian girls basketball team, Kirk Wells. He joins us here on set. Coach, first off, nice to have you here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, thanks for what you all do for the community and the tri-state area. You all do a great job. I, I guess we can jokingly <laughs> say that he and – Coach Marone had a loser leaves town match tonight. So we, got, we got Coach Wells. So Coach Marone's not here right, for some Coach, reason. But great ball game tonight. Though. It was. Your absolutely. team comes out with an overtime win. Yeah, great win. Um, they're a battle-tested team, and um, it, was, it was a great fight to the end. And um, we end up being able to come out on the on the top side of it tonight. So I, I told him tonight, we you know we owed him a couple. So. <laughs> You got, got one back. back, yeah. There you go. Twenty nine points from uh, Emily Hutchinson tonight, too. Yes, that's yeah. a that's a good place to start with yep. a team. Yeah, um, she's just one of them kids. You just got to create some space. You know, get the ball in her hands and let her do what she does. And she had a hot hand tonight. She's had a hot hand all year for us, truthfully. Um, she's a big time player for us and does a lot of great things. Tell us about some of your other players that you know <clears throat> lead this team. Um, uh, she's a co-captain with Samantha Wells. Samantha tonight, she had 18 points, I think 14 boards and five blocks. Um, 
So she's a big key contributor. You know, and you, we could sit here and talk about stats, but um, I'm not a huge guy of stats because we win a lot of games because of the plays that are made that are not on the stat sheet. And we got um, Carmen Bruton, who just plays um, with a with a big heart. Um, she makes the plays that, that's not on the stat sheet for us, does a lot of good stuff. Her, Hayden Bailey. Uh, Hayden Bailey is a freshman. Carmen is a, a sophomore. Um, Hayden is, is coming into her own. Um, she, she attacks the ball. She attacks the basket well, plays really good defense, strong kid. Uh, Carly McLeod, y'all might be familiar with her father, Larry McLeod. Larry, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, she moved in this year. She's, she's coming along. She hasn't played in a couple years, and um, but she's just – you wouldn't know by looking at her, but she's she's a load. She's, she's strong, plays hard. Chase the Senna's comes off – uh, come off the bench tonight, give us great minutes. Christine Wagner, she's a fire plug. So, um, just a lot of pieces. Yeah, Larry McLeod was the 1992 State Football Player of the Year from Buffalo Wayne High School, had a spectacular career at Marshall University, and uh, ended up in the 49ers camp for uh, quite some time as well. Uh, that was back again through the 90s. And uh, Coach Wells, with your basketball team, it almost looks like a public school schedule. You play a lot of the teams around here that people are familiar with, and right. you've had a lot of success against them this year. We have. We, we've been fortunate to win some. We've lost some. Um, but we have a very talented bunch of girls, and we're just trying to get uh, – we're not doing right if we don't play a tougher schedule and, and, and get, get them in these opportunities. That's the only way they're going to grow. The only way they're going to get better. So, And one thing about the – is we were covering a little bit Christian schools, boys, boys and girls last year – uh, you know, the, we talked to coaches, we talked to folks involved with the schools, and, you know, little by little, the quality of the programs, both boys and girls, are getting better. They, you know, it, it was a little rough a few years ago right. as far, you know, as far as getting kids to them. They're, they're not very large schools, and, right. and, and you don't, don't have a lot of kids to work with. But little by little, you're getting good athletes. They're developing. They're working. Obviously, they're working in the off season. Absolutely. And the quality level at these Christian schools is just higher and higher. Oh yeah, you know I think there's um, 89 kids in our high school. Yeah, that's that's the entire high school, and um, <clears throat> I think the year before I came to Grace, they had five girls try out for varsity basketball, and so the first year I was there, we had 13. So I told them, I said, that's a step in the right direction. Yeah. If we don't even win a game, we've made progress. <laughs> so um, they do. We work hard through the summer. We don't we don't quit. Um, they put their time in, and it shows. So that's um, that's. A lot of credit to the kids, not me. So a lot of good basketball uh, still to be played. And, uh, you know, just tell me about uh, what's coming up for you guys here. Uh, tomorrow we have um, a, a shootout showcase. We've got 12 teams coming in. Uh, first game's at 9 o'clock. Um, I believe that's Covenant Christian, Ohio Valley Christian. And then we have um, 11, 1, 3, 5, and 7. It finishes up with us against Rock Hill. Um, <clears throat> then Monday we got Chesapeake at home, and then Tuesday we load up and we go to Bob Jones University in Greenville, South Carolina, for a tournament. Um, and that's, excuse me, the showcase. Uh, of course, to do all the stuff we want to do, it takes funds. So uh, we put the showcase together, try to get some teams in that um, 
you know, put put some of these Christian schools on the stage and see what happens and let them have some fun with it and an opportunity to make a little funds for us to be able to do what we want to do. And those games are in your gym. Absolutely, right? yes. At 11-11 Adams Avenue in Huntington. I know some people won't necessarily know where it is yet, and that's yeah. fine, but but they're learning. It's they're two learning. blocks from Heiner's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just, follow just the smell, smell. Just follow the smell of the bread. That's right. And, uh, and you're absolutely. close. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But Coach Kirk Wells, we all greatly appreciate you coming and joining us here in studio tonight. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of followed the Lady Soldiers. I saw them in person, saw you guys yeah. last year. Very impressed with not just the ability, but just the way you run the program, the way that, well, oper- uh, way that program operates. So right. um, I know you do a good job there, and we greatly appreciate you coming on. Well, with us, so. I appreciate you having me and, and just all that you all do here. It's, it's a great thing. So uh, I appreciate you all taking time to have me and, and – promote us with our jersey out here out front so yeah we're proud too that's good i appreciate everything y'all do absolutely that's kirk um that's kirk wells the head coach of the grace christian lady soldiers and joe let's take another break when we come back on the 2019 2020 best of basketball friday night in west virginia show we'll jump to episode 95 to talk with a head coach from the mountain state that was selected to be a mcdonald's all-american head coach Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. High school basketball's voice in the Mountain State. This is the best of Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Haley McClure, Greenbrier East Spartans, Ryan Leap, Lincoln Cougars, Gage Huffman, Tyler Consolidated Knights, Rachel Bates, Valley Wetzel Lumberjills, Obina Anna Chili Killen, Chapmanville Tigers, Janiah Fargo, Musselman Lady Appleman, Sam Kermines, Williamstown Yellow Jackets, Calissa Lacey, George Washington Patriots, Nick Smith, Preston County Knights, Emily Hutchinson, Grace Christian Soldiers, KJ McClung, University Hawks, Annie Hunt, Ravenswood Red Devils, and Colton Barr, Clay Battelle CBs. What they all have in common, they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. Next season, if you have someone remarkable on your team or an athlete that made an outstanding play, you can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and their volunteer work. Every Friday night, you got to meet a new standout athlete of the week head over to our website read about each one of these standout athletes of the week and next season click on the standout athlete of the week tab fill out the nomination form we'll take it from there because we want you to nominate your team's athletes next season at basketballnight.com congratulations to this season's standout athletes of the week from basketball friday night in west virginia Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is serious and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable in the world. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Welcome back to the 2019-2020 Best of Edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. I'm your host, Spencer Dupuy. I'll be giving you the best moments this season from our seventh season of the show, Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Now jumping to episode 95, Fred Saro, head coach of the Williamstown girls team, was selected as the McDonald's All-American coach, and the guys discussed it with him. It is Fred Saro, the head coach of the Williamstown girls basketball team, 
uh, just announced that he will coach the East team in the McDonald's All-American game. Wow. That's awesome. And uh, Amy Chapman will be an assistant. She's at Gilmer County. Fred Sorrow, the head coach. Coach, that's a big honor for you and a big honor for our state. Uh, we're really excited about it. And uh, I've, I've known about it for a while. And maybe since January the 8th, I was told that I was selected. My name was in nomination back in, back in the fall. And I was called on January the 8th by the, by the girl that's on the – that runs up the selection committee, and she said that I've been nominated or I've been selected as the head coach of the East with the girls. And it's very exciting, but I, we had to keep it quiet until January 23rd when McDonald's announced it. And prior to that, I was able to pick two assistants, so we chose Amy, Amy Chapman from Gilmer County, who's done an outstanding job out there with, with that team. And her team and our team are the only two public school champions in the past 30 years in the. Uh, in the girls' single-way basketball. And besides that, I also got a former player, excuse me, and Super Ferguson, who graduated in 06 from Williamstown, was a 1,000-point scorer at Guilford and our career leader in three-point field goals. And she's coaching at Thomasville High School in North Carolina. And she's an outstanding coach. And, uh, you know, both those young ladies are, are, are going to – are going to be great assets, you know, to our staff out there. We're really excited about it. Hey, Coach, when you got that phone call, what was the first thing you thought your feelings uh, when you got that call? Uh, well, that it's going to be the experience of a lifetime. You know, like, you know, I mean, this, this is just amazing. I've sat on it for a while. I've known about it for a while that, that the chance may happen. Not that it was going to, but that my name was going into nomination, and that was exciting in itself. When the actual call came, your heart just kind of sinks, you know, and you're just kind of elated, and you're kind of walking on, walking on air, and and then all the things, you know, it's pretty good for a 72 year old guy, you know, to feel that way. You don't get those feelings that often, and and uh, and what happens is that is that once we get to once we get once we get the staff together, we all have to get through our seasons, all three of us. But you know, after the season's over, you know, there's something to look forward to there there at the end, and uh, on April 4th, they're going to fly us to Houston on March the 28th, and then the practices start Sunday the 29th, 29th, the 30th, the 31st, and the game is the first at the Toyota Center uh, in Houston where the Rockets play, and then they fly us back out on April 2nd. Uh, Fred, um, I know on the boys' side, they've started naming uh, members of the teams on the McDonald's All-American side. Is it that, that same way with the girls? You're starting to learn some of your uh, folks are, who are going to be playing for you? Right, and and I'm seeing a girl by the name of Paige, and another kid by the name of Treasure Hunt, you know, who, which which is an interesting name, but you know, she must be a whale of a player, that is for sure, you know, and uh, you know, maybe on the all name team, but 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 something that, you know, the bottom line is is that there are a bunch of 17 and 18 year old kids that are going to be really nervous because they're playing against some of the best competition they ever played against in their lives, and. Really, when you stop and think about it, and I'm kind of quoting from Bob Huggins here, but all these good players that come into colleges and universities and every good player who's an All-American, stop and think on their high school team. Who do they have to guard? They don't guard the best player. They guard the kid that is maybe the weakest player. And so when they really get into a game of that caliber, they're not used to playing defense on somebody that can, you know, that can, that can really do something against them. 
And so I'm not sure what we're going to do, but I know that that we're going to be facilitators as, as, as much as coaches because practice plans will be scripted for us, and it's our method of teaching. But when there's 100 to 200 NBA, WNBA, WNBA scouts in the stands plus college coaches, you know, there are certain things they want to see, and we have to make sure that happens. Treasure Hunt, by the way, a 6'2 wing from Hamilton Heights Christian Academy in Tennessee and a Kentucky commit. So, uh, yeah, Bill's happy about that. Okay, but, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, okay. a, I'm a U.K. person. That's, that's so what I was thinking. <laughs> but, Listen, uh, as, as, far as, as far as knowing a lot about the players, that's something I'm going to do this week. I'm going to Google them. But I'm very concerned right now about Belpre High School. Yes. I'm very concerned about Notre Dame and <laughs> Davidswood. I mean, you know, with the season going on, but, you know, little by little, you know, in, the, in my time off, and if I'm not doing that, I'm going to look up each one and find out where each kid's from because I want to make sure and, you know, and, and know that we have a connection and make these kids feel more comfortable when we get there. And I want Amy and Ann to do the same thing. And, and Coach, not to let it get away from us here, we don't have your score from tonight's game. Oh, okay. Well, the Williamstown Yellow Jackets prevailed over the Moorfield Yellow Jackets by a score of 58 to 49. Hmm. And Lake and Joy for Williamstown had 22 points, and Kaylee Sorrow, my granddaughter, had uh, had just 16. <laughs> and uh, you know, Nicole Reynolds had 10, and for them, uh, you know, uh, the Rinker girl had 14, and uh, McGregor had 14. I, it was it was a very good game. Moorfield's a good team. I mean, they're strong. They got a six four kid, and you know, they're very well coached and very strong defensively. I guarantee you that. It was fun. It was a good score. Good win tonight for the Williamstown Yellow Jackets over the visiting Moorfield Yellow Jackets. And again, Williamstown now 10 and 5. They'll play Belpre, Ohio next Thursday. Coach Fred Sorrow, All American girls basketball coach for the McDonald's All American game. Once again, congratulations on that honor. We're happy for you. Thank and, you. And uh, we look forward to seeing uh, what you can do with both your team this regular season and your team at the Toyota Center in Houston, yeah. which, by the way, we, uh, is where Marshall grad coaches. Is that right? Mike Dan Tony. Yeah. Oh, wow. From Mullins, West well, Virginia, yeah. small little world. No, oh, that's right. Mike Dan Tony's out there. So I, I think I'll look him up. <laughs> you need to. Hey. I know Danny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've known him for a while. There, there you go. So, yeah. that's good. You just mentioned West Virginia. Right. They'll, they'll come say hi. Uh, coach Fred Sorrow. Right. Thanks. For sure. Ah, thanks so much, Coach. That was great attention for the Mountain State, as always, and for high school basketball in this great state of West Virginia. Now the guys have, on the same episode later on, talked with Michael Miller, Frankfurt Girls head coach, about his team that was 12-1 and at the time. Coach Miller, your ball club, it's hard to ask for much more uh, from them in terms of how they've played so far this season. Oh, absolutely. We're, we're tickled to death, um, and like you said, you know, losing Abby, you know, I'm sure there was some extra people at the graduation, you know, this past year, and I wouldn't be surprised, but hey, Abby taught these girls, you know, that are currently on the team a lot of things, you know, just by the way, you know, she led the team by example and her guts and heart and determination, and and hey, we just keep plugging along. You play in the toughest region in class AA and perhaps toughest in the state. When you look at North Marion and, and uh, Fairmont Senior on the opposite side, your one loss this year was a one-point loss to North Marion. You beat Fairmont Senior uh, this year. 
those two teams have won the last three Class AA Girl State Championships. Uh, I know you have to feel you're right on the cusp. I'm telling you, it, it feels good. We've, we've, <laughs> you're right. It is a tough region, and you know I lose a lot of sleep, you know, preparing for those two teams <laughs> and that North Marion game earlier this year. I'm still, <clears throat> still kicking myself for that one and not getting much rest. It still keeps me up sometimes at night, and you know we we seek perfection, and that's what we want. We want a state championship, just like those teams, and and we feel like we're right there. Coach, you sound like you're you know your own worst enemy, but you know I say this all the time. Sometimes a loss is good. It it kind of refocuses your team. You know that you know things can happen and 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 turn things around and and you know run out the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean it. When it comes to losing, you know it's what you're in this to win, of course. But yeah, it's you know a loss sometimes. You know, gains your perspective a little bit. It, it makes you focus a little bit more. You know, there was a lot of adversity in that game against North Marion. I mean, it went back and forth. Probably one of the best games I've ever been a part of. And, you know, just to, to lose the way we did, it, it hurt and stung a little bit. But the girls know that now they can play, you know, with the best without Abby, you know, and play against the best teams in West Virginia. They're, they're poised. They don't like to lose. They're ready. You know, this is what, what they want. They want a team, you know, victory with, with a state championship, and that's what they're focused on, and, and I don't think they're going to settle for anything less. Coach, I'm sure your girls probably disappointed you weren't able to play tonight but uh, with a little illness problem at Grafton. Probably situation better safe than sorry. Yeah. Um, it, we didn't want to go down and – end up getting our whole team sick, so it was probably a good decision. We just got off the basketball court not too long ago. We had a a rejuvenated, fun, entertaining practice tonight. You know, the girls are upbeat and positive. Of course, they they want to play every single night. You know, they don't care where they have to go or who they have to play. So it kind of upsets them when they don't get to be out there on the court. But like I said, we went in tonight. Had an inspiring practice, and you know everybody was positive and upbeat, and just ready to go for our next one. Frankfurt back in action on Wednesday night at home against Northern Garrett, Maryland. Then a game one week from tonight against Fort Hill, Maryland. Also at Frankfurt, and uh, Coach Miller again. We know you, if anybody sold you short, you have already answered those doubts, and we certainly wish you and your ball club nothing but the best moving forward. We hope to get to talk to you again in maybe a couple of weeks. I hope so. I was, you know, just making sure you guys didn't forget about it. <laughs> we we have we won't forget about you because uh, there's no doubt you you, you, do a, you do a fantastic job with that team and program. Now let's take another break. When we come back on the 2019-2020 Best of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia show, we'll jump to episode 98 where the guys were joined for their weekly segment with resident referee Bo Anderson. He had a lot to talk about during an interesting week in the Mountain State basketball arena. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. This is the best of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University, visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Watch our live high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. It takes just one click to watch. 
Listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. On Facebook Live, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash hoops roundup. On Periscope, twitter.com forward slash hoops underscore roundup. On cable in the Huntington region, we're on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. We're on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Just click on our affiliates page for a station nearest you. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Marshall University sports journalism major offers students the opportunity to develop skills in the exciting areas of print, public relations, or broadcasting. Our curriculum features terrific skill-based courses and prioritizes hands-on experiences that not only expose the students' work to the public, but also to sports journalism professionals who are often willing to provide crucial feedback. Marshall sports journalism majors cover our 15 varsity teams in any media format, including text, online, photo, radio, or video. Hands-on, real-life experiences come through Marshall's student-powered media, the Parthenon, WMUL Radio, and MUTV, as well as communications campaigns and off-campus internships. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Welcome back to the 2019-2020 Best of Edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. I'm your host, Spencer Dupuy, and I'll be giving you the best moments from this season of Basketball Friday Night. We now jump to Episode 98, where the guys were joined for their weekly segment with resident referee Bo Anderson. And Bo discusses the game that he refereed that night and the big situation that unfolded at a West Virginia high school basketball game during that week. While he does that, we will talk now with our resident referee, Bo Anderson. <laughs> I can feel the love. <laughs> the Valentine's remix of the Bo Anderson theme. I don't know what to say, Bo. I'm just here. I think Bo's a loss for words. Well, you know, last week it was gravy. And I was hoping Billy would be there so I could find out how that went. <laughs> and then, you know, you guys were rubbing in about the food that's there when I can't be there. Uh, so I, I don't know. This is destroying me tonight. <laughs> well, you had a big road trip tonight, yeah. didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I had a road trip tonight. Yes, sir, I uh, did. And uh, I'm almost back, actually. We're at the uh, Huntington Mall, so we made good time. All right. <laughs> I'd say yes, yes, you have. And uh, nonetheless, though, um, Bo, it's been a it's been an interesting week, as we're all aware. And uh, without diving too deep into what we know, what we don't know, uh, we can kind of stick to what we do know here, and that's looking at things from the officials' perspective mm-hmm. in terms of that game on Tuesday night at Greenbrier East where you have a situation that seems to flare up between a fan and, a, and the bench, and then you know it goes from the bench to uh, an administrator and then to law enforcement. And, and this is all out of the officials' hands at this point. And really all they could do is try to keep things in order on the floor because what was going on was clearly beyond what they're accountable for. Well, I mean, you know, uh, on the floor versus off the floor, you know, obviously if off the floor is interfering with the game, 
then it needs to be taken care of immediately. Uh, you know, the on-the-floor stuff the officials can handle. Um, you know, it just, you know, we're, we're at a point now where things are happening like this constantly. You know, you had the, uh, the game that uh, Kaz talked about last week uh, with uh, clearing the gym to play. Uh, you got this, I mean, you know, when, when are people going to realize that this is a game for high school athletes and the high school athletes need to be the ones that are the show, not the parents, uh, not the coaches. Uh, yes, the coaches are going to work hard and they're going to do their thing and not the officials. We don't want to have to make decisions about, you know, ejections and all that. And, you know, keep in mind at this point in time of the year, you know, it may be whenever you're setting those two games, it might be a sectional. And, you know, you've been practicing and playing, you know, 21 games, 22 games to get ready to play in your tournament game. And then all of a sudden something silly happens and you got to sit out. And, uh, you know, I think that just people are just totally losing the picture about what this is about. It's not about moms, dads, coaches. It's about the the 10 players on the court and the substitutes on the bench that are going to play. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, it just, you know, and then, and then, you know, you add to that, that we have less and less officials. Now, if official or someone who's thinking about being official goes to any of them games, you think that they're going to say, oh, I think I want a referee. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. And I, I think that, I think that it's a solid message that needs to be sent out. The players out there, whatever they do, okay, good, bad, whatever, they're the ones that need to be the show, not anybody else. There's nobody else there that needs to be the show. The 10 players on the court and the substitutes on the bench are it. Period. That's what this is all about. But what, what do you think has caused this situation to escalate? Well, you know, some of it, they see stuff that happens on TV. You know, something happens on TV and everybody thinks they can do it. Uh, then you have, you know, you have that uh, aspect of, you know, you know, some people just think that they need to, to you know, our parents need, think they need to live their kids' lives instead of letting them do their own thing. And if the kid's having a bad game, they're not intentionally out there having a bad game. Uh, you know, leave the players alone and let the players decide the game, not the extracurricular activities outside of it. And, you know, then, you know, then the officials have to make all kinds of decisions, you know, about what they're going to do. You know, they don't, trust me, I don't want to have to send in reports. I don't want to have to eject players. I don't want to have to eject coaches. I want the 10, the five on five out on the court and the subs for each team to be the people that either wins or loses the basketball game. And nobody else should really be involved other than the coaches making their uh, strategies against each other offense and defense. Bo, you've been an official for quite a while, called several games, I'm sure, at several different levels. How often do these issue issues like this start on the floor versus how often is it started from the stands, from, as you just said, moms and dads, trying to live their glory years through their kids? Well, you know, every once in a while something happens on the floor, somebody fouls somebody hard, somebody says something, and hopefully, you know, 
we're human as well. We're not going to see, hear, and catch everything that goes on. But the fact of the matter is, whatever the players do out on the court, good, bad, or ugly, and whatever we decide, whether we're right or wrong, that's the only thing that needs to be happening. And, yeah, you know, if we make bad decisions about it, we don't see one player do something and another player do it. But then when it gets reactions from the fans and they overdo it and then it gets into, you know, now, you know, and then coaches, obviously, if they are out of control, then it's going to put the fans out of control. I find 99% of the time if the coaches are, you know, you know, our veteran coaches throughout, you know, they know this game. They've been through it. You know, they know that things are going to happen, mistakes are going to happen, and they are not going to say a whole lot to the officials because they know they've been in a long time and the officials don't have an easy job out there. The thing that happens is if they start getting really, you know, heated, well, all their fans is going to get heated. That's one way it can start. Another way it can start is, again, the people in the stands need to cheer for their teams. They need to enjoy the basketball game that they come and watch and let the 10 players on the court and the substitutes for each team decide who is the better team. I think that's a lesson we can all learn. We all do need to step yes. back a little bit right now and, you know, again, let the kids, you know, they're, they are the show as – as Bo just mentioned. All right, Bo, you had a you had a, pol- a trivia question for us last week. You're, you're, uh, we, need, sure we, we need to name this. We, we will come up with that at some point. <laughs> share, it, share it with us again, please. Okay. Uh, A1 got fouled, and A1's supposed to go to the line and shoot one and one. Uh, when they get up the line, the lead official's going to bounce the ball. The shooter uh, announces two free throws, and the shot is missed. And one of the Team A players gets the rebound, and they're the only ones that step in the lane and gets it, and then they throw it to the official. Uh, what are you going to do? Okay, now the, the official has announced two shots mistakenly. Is that, is that yes. what Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You've got would, a mess there. Would that, would that, <laughs> now, would that be a correctable offense in that the official could then award the uh, the possession of the basketball to the uh, team, to the op- opposing team after the missed shot? Well, uh, you have flunked as well as Ryan has. Mm. <laughs> uh, okay, okay, okay. Here's my question. Did the official catch the ball? <laughs> Well, it's out of bounds. <laughs> okay, he's out of bounds. And, 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 yeah, okay, yeah, it's out of bounds. All right, well, then it goes to uh, Team B, I believe. Hey, you're still off too, Ryan. You're oh. one for 29 now. <laughs> wow. I'm, like, I'm like Marshall shooting last night. <laughs> all right, go ahead. Uh, uh, all right, yeah, that, that's about right. <laughs> yeah, all right, what you have is you have put both teams at a disadvantage with the official announcing two shots. They didn't play it. If they'd all continue to play it like the official announced it was one and one and missed, we would continue to play. They made most everybody not rebound the basketball. So, therefore, what you would have is you can't determine who had the rebound or was going to get it. So, it's going to be an alternating possession error. And you'll give the team who has the arrow the opportunity to make the throw in. All right. Yeah. Okay. That that makes that sense. That but I, 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 
My, my mind didn't get that far <laughs> along, but that is, yes, that absolutely makes sense. And, and you know, I, I, you know, I think the world of the officials, because even, even if I disagree with them on judgment decisions, sometimes they're mm-hmm. doing their best. and It's difficult. There's a lot it's to split keep second. up with. It is split I think second. I mentioned this maybe about a month ago, but a good friend of mine who's an official, you know, the officials have a different angle than the fans do. They are much closer to the action. As a fan, you see a wide-angle view. You can see it all where mm-hmm. officials are right on top of the players and things happen and sometimes they don't see it. And the fans get bent because they don't make a call one way or the other. And, you know, that can be both a blessing and a curse oh, being yeah. so close to right. it, being so close to the action like that. Uh, the officials may see something that fans don't, vice versa. All right, Bo, how are you going to make me look bad next week? What's your question this time around? All right, we have a... A uh, held ball situation, and it's Team A's ball out of bounds. And A1 takes the ball out of bounds, reaches it through the plane, and B1 grabs the ball, and there's a tie-up with A1 out of bounds. A1 putting it through the inbound side, and B1 tying it up. Whose error is it? Whose ball is it? What do you do with the possession error? Oh, I'll wow. let you think about it, Ryan. <laughs> Thanks, we'll sleep on thanks, it, Bo. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes, and I can see that happening. That's yeah. the problem. Oh, okay. Bo, thanks so much for joining us, and have a safe rest of your journey home. Okay, Ryan. Thank you, guys. We'll see you guys. Talk to you guys next Friday night. Sounds good. That's our resident referee, Bo Anderson. We're Let's take another break, and we come back on the best of 2019-2020 show. We'll talk about the big celebration that we had for our 100th episode on the air. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights. This is the best of basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Special thanks tonight to our radio affiliates, including Maverick Country, 104.1 FM, WVXS Romney, Z92, 92.5 FM, WZAC, Danville, Madison, Charleston, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WYRC, Spencer, 1360 AM, 97.1 FM, WHJC, Make we rock West Virginia louder. 105 KQV, WKQV Cowan, 105.5 FM, and heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM, 103.7 FM, WQWV and Fisher, The Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, 98.1 FM, WKKX Wheeling, 1370 AM, 97.7 FM, WVLY Moundsville, 92.5 FM, WTHM LP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Knights Radio, 91. 5 FM WRSD Middleburn Talk Radio WRNR Martinsburg 740 AM 106.5 FM Classic Hits 106 WHFI Linside 106.7 FM 95 The Sports Fox WBES Charleston 950 AM The Voice of the Coalfields 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WVOW Logan Light Rock 93R WRRR St. Mary's 93.9 FM The Ticket 102.3 FM WMTD Hinton 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP Edmond Beckley 101.7 FM WYAPLP Clay 104.5 FM WASPLP Huntington 101.1 FM WVWPLP Wayne 90.7 FM WFG84K and Marshall University's flagship station The Cutting Edge 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington 
Welcome back to the 2019-2020 Best of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. I'm your host, Spencer Dupuy, and I'll be giving you the best moments from this past season of Basketball Friday Night. We now jump to our 100th episode special, where Ryan and Bill talk with Professor Bernice Morris from Marshall University, as well as Deans Wendell Dobbs and Jana Dooley of Marshall University as well about the show and the ability to use their facilities. Day one, Bartness Morris. Professor Morris, thank you for being with us tonight. Thank you very much. Uh, tell me a little bit about why, you know, what made you look at this program and say, you know, this is where I want to, uh, you know, underwrite with this program with the Carter G. Woodson Lyceum. Well, first of all, congratulations on your 100th uh, episode. Thank you. Um, I look at our program as one needing uh, a larger audience. And uh, in order to find that audience, we need to find people in unusual places. You normally don't think of looking for academics uh, in sports, but they're there. Um, many of Marshall's uh, strongest fans are, uh, are professors and school teachers, uh, yeah. not just coaches who follow the uh, athletics uh, uh, programs. And so we wanted to reach that audience. And, uh, I couldn't think of a better way than uh, the sophisticated uh, audience that you guys present. Well, thank you very much. And, and of course, we do want to mention that this, this program is live from Marshall University, uh, from the broadcast uh, television studio here on campus, and they've been so good to us as well. And Professor Morris, I know you also I had a chance to speak at a, at a workshop over the summer that you bring high school kids in here who are maybe going into their senior year or into their junior year making decisions about where they want to go what they want to do with college you give them an opportunity to see this university firsthand well absolutely um, we think that uh, high school students are interested in journalism uh, they like to write uh, they like to produce uh, uh, documentaries uh, and many of them use it just to uh, improve themselves and uh, go into law school, not just uh, journalism. Uh, we think that we offer an important uh, entry uh, for their careers. Professor Bernice Morris, Marshall University and the Carter G. Woodson Lyceum. Uh, again, cannot thank you enough for all of your support with this program. You're very welcome, and we benefit, too. <laughs> That's <laughs> what we'd that, like to hear. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Uh, uh, joining me to my right is the Dean of the School of Journalism, Mass Communications, um, Professor Jan Dooley. Uh, it's been a while. Good to be here. Yes, uh, and, and also to my left is the Interim Dean of the College of Arts and Media, Dr. Wendell Dobbs. Dr. Dobbs, welcome. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. And, and Dr. Dobbs, I'll start with you. you you're, this is not your first time visiting us. No, it's not. No, and I've been looking forward to getting back. It's always a pleasure. Uh, your school specifically, and you know, the College of, of Arts and Media, really kind of puts a face to Marshall University in many ways, to the programs that are more visual and, and get out there. Tell me a little bit about uh, how that works for you. Well, first of all, let me, let me also offer my congratulations on this 100th episode. And we, we think that the College of Arts and Media really is a, a portal. It's the, like you say, the face of the university. It's the, the first impression that a lot of students and also um, a lot of the public in general have of Marshall University. And we have students from all over the university who participate in our programs, um, in our four schools, and uh, we're very proud of that. And Professor Dooley, Dean of the School of Journalism and Mass Communications, 
Uh, this is an opportunity for students who are already in the mix at Marshall to join us and, and to, to get some work, you know, kind of see what we do, work with us, and they're really kind of the lifeblood of how this, this whole organization works for us. I, I see this as a living lab for us. Um, a lot of people may not know it, but this is a classroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, students find this on their schedule, and they report to Studio A. And the, the lessons that they got in classes, the lectures they've had, the simulations they've done, this is the real test. This is where the, where the rubber meets the road, so to speak, and um, they, they get actual live practice in what they're, they're learning in school. And you guys have been so good to us to allow us to use this space and to, to, to kind of, you know, this, this is what makes the video portion of this available. We were in the classroom studio at Marshall, you know, at WMUL our first year. And really the programs that you have for both television and radio, they offer a lot of opportunities for kids. It, they offer a great deal of opportunities. And the thing I really like about this program is that it is such a showcase for what we do. Uh, the, the work that our students do isn't quiet and off in a corner. Uh, you don't get a paper that you then put in a file. You step up to a microphone, you, you give your name, and, and you do your work with the public watching, and it's out there for public consumption. So it's, it's a great place to get the experience. Professor Dooley and Dr. Dobbs, thanks so much for being with us tonight. Thank you. It's a pleasure. And it's, it's a great, been a great pleasure to talk with you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Of course, Professor Dooley, I had her when I was a student at Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> I think most of the students in here. <laughs> that, that is also correct. And, and I, I don't know if she wants me to remind her, but uh, when I was a student back in the 80s, she was here working already. <laughs> so we, we, they it's can't been get, a while. You can't get rid, of, get rid of either one of us. <laughs> That's right. We're here. We're survivors. Enjoy it. Continuity. Yes, absolutely. And, again, thank you guys so much for Thanks being here. Then the guys so. talked with Pendleton County boys head coach Ryan Lambert who was at the time coaching an undefeated team. Uh, they've had a spectacular year, undefeated regular season. Ryan Lambert joins us now on Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Coach, hard to have been much more successful than what you've been to this point. Yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, uh, first off, thanks for having me, and uh, congrats on the uh, 100th show. Thanks so much, and you know, I, I obviously appreciate that. Your basketball team, again, 19-0. and 0. Tell me what you're doing as you prepare for a sectional tournament play. One game at a time. Uh, the, the next one up has been the most important all year long. The kids have bought into that. Uh, we're a, we're a defense-first uh, team that uh, then likes to lead into transition. That becomes a big part of our offense. Uh, we're... I think right now, uh, only giving up 43, and we're averaging around 60. Um, so, so far, so good. Uh, but it's just been a culture that the kids have bought into, and, and that's that's huge. And you have to wait for your opponent um, because you're taking on the, the winner of the four-five game within that sectional. Is it is it sometimes difficult? Because I know coaches and players, they just want to get out and play. I mean, the bye is obviously good for for resting your legs a little bit, getting an opportunity to get some more practices in. But I know when you're, when you're 19, you know, you're kind of chomping at the bit to get back on the floor and get to play. Yeah, you're you're asking for a sense of urgency right now uh, with, with your kids. Uh, and uh, we had a great practice this evening, but we're we're, we're ready to play. Um, we. We're excited to see uh, who comes out of uh, the Tucker County at Harmon game tomorrow night um, so that we can start really, truly preparing uh, over the weekend and then get back Monday and then uh, 
face off uh, and host a game on Tuesday uh, because we're we're looking forward to it. That'll be the Class A Region Two Section Two tournament again, getting underway tomorrow with that contest between Tucker County and Harmon, and the winner will take on nineteen and O Pelham County. Now, Coach, before we let you go, I know a year ago Webster County sort of they they built last season. They had a good group of kids. They went undefeated. They went to Charleston and they beat everybody. They won the state championship. To seeing what they did a year ago, sort of say, hey, why not us? Yeah, I think I think that the goal is to to host a regional game, uh, get to Charleston um, because we we have not done that. Um, and then once we get there, um, I think you, you just have that one one up mentality uh, that we've had all year long, and 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 then looking to. Uh, to Webster last year, yeah, why not? Um, because that, that's that's got to be the attitude all the way through. If not, why are you why are you putting in the time and and uh, why are your kids working so hard and uh, trying to get to that common goal, which is of course Charleston. Ryan Lambert, head coach of the unbeaten Pendleton County boys basketball team, the Wildcats, nineteen and zero, ready for sectional tournament play next week. Coach Lambert, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. All right, and a big thank you to Coach Lambert as well. Now let's take another break, and when we come back on the Best of 2019-2020 show for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, the guys will be joined once again by Greenbrier East girls head coach and the governor of the Mountain State, Jim Justice. All that and more next when we return. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. This is the best of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University, visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Watch our live high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. It takes just one click to watch. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. On Facebook Live, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash hoops roundup. On Periscope, twitter.com forward slash hoops underscore roundup. On cable in the Huntington region, we're on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. We're on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Just click on our affiliates page for a station nearest you. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Marshall University sports journalism major offers students the opportunity to develop skills in the exciting areas of print, public relations, or broadcasting. Our curriculum features terrific skill-based courses and prioritizes hands-on experiences that not only expose the students' work to the public, but also to sports journalism professionals who are often willing to provide crucial feedback. Marshall sports journalism majors cover our 15 varsity teams in any media format, including text, online, photo, radio, or video. Hands-on, real-life experiences come through Marshall's student-powered media, the Parthenon, WMUL Radio, and MUTV, as well as communications campaigns and off-campus internships. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC.
Welcome back to the 2019-2020 Best of Edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. I'm your host, Spencer Rapuin. I'll be giving you the best moments from this season as the season was cut short during the girls' state tournament and the boys' sectional play due to the coronavirus. Now we'll stay with episode 100 when the gang was joined by Greenbrier East girls' head coach and the governor of the Mountain State, Jim Justice, as his team was just one win away from another trip to the state tournament in Charleston. Governor of the Great State of West Virginia. Governor, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Hey, we're doing very well, very well. And it, was a, it was a tough loss for your girls tonight, but with the the way the format is, you still have one win to get to Charleston. Well, that's right. We uh, we we didn't we didn't do, do our job any stretch of imagination tonight. But you got to give Woodrow a lot of credit. Those kids played really good, and uh, they played great defense, and and you know put a lot of pressure on our shooters, and we turned the ball over a lot, and uh, and then the floodgates just happened, and you know just one of those things. You know, it, uh, I told the kids in the dressing room after it was over. I mean, you know, you got to. You got to regroup and regroup fast. This kind of stuff happens in the basketball basketball world to the best of the best. I mean, you know, if it's dude getting beat by Stephen F. Austin or whatever, you know, it just it just happens. And and then when the floodgates go the wrong way, it's really hard to sometimes turn it around. But boy, did we have an incredible, incredible basketball high school basketball night. You know, probably the biggest crowd ever in the history of the Greenbrier East Gymnasium, probably pushing almost 2,000 people. And, uh, and you know, everybody, everybody, you know, cheered very ferociously and everything, but behaved great. And uh, I just thought it was a great high school basketball night. That's all there's to it, even though we like to for it to be a whole lot different. But, uh, but you got to give Woodrow a lot of credit. They played really good. And coach, something I think people can lose track of. I know you don't because you're fully aware of this. But when it comes to high school basketball, the the margin for error is is really razor thin. If you don't bring it on a night, you you get beat by twenty three by uh, any night out, basically. Well, I mean that that's for sure. And you know it it uh, you know it just you know it's just it's just really odd. You know how the game of basketball, especially you know when it turns against you. It can really, it can be just ugly. That's all there is to it. But uh, listen, we don't want to take a thing in the world away from Woodrow. Woodrow played really well. We played terrible and shot the ball terrible. We shot both teams shot fifty-five shots. You know, I mean, we shot exactly the same number of, of attempts that Woodrow did and got beat like a drum. I mean, you know, it's just, uh, you know, just absolutely. Uh, Disappointing, you know. We we just, uh, but at the same time, you know, it's it's my responsibility to have the team prepared, and you know, evidently they just weren't prepared, so it didn't go very good. That's for sure. Coach, uh, you talk about your your team. You know, twenty wins in a season. Uh, you know, that's nothing to shake a stick at. Congratulations on that, and I'm sure you can get these uh, girls turned around and regroup for next week. Well. You know, guys, we've uh, I've coached a long time, and uh, and and you know, one of the things probably that I'm I'm really proud of is the fact that uh, next year, about two thirds of the way through the season, I will have won in 
20 and a half seasons, if you count the, the, my little stint with the boys, I'll, I'll win my 500th game at Greenbrier East. And it's just amazing to think, you know, that, uh, that I've been there that long. But, but I've, I've coached lots and lots and lots of games. I love the game of basketball. I love the kids. I don't do much else. You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, Governor, what are you doing coaching a basketball team? But you see, I really believe community service is really important, and uh, and and I really do believe that I I'm able to, to keep these kids on the right path. And and you know, we've never had a kid since I've been at Greenbrier East. And I imagine this: we've never cut a kid, and we've never had a kid become grade ineligible. And you know, and we just win and win and win and win and. Uh, there's a right way to do it, and you know it just uh, and the community just supports us like crazy. And tonight was really something really special. But uh, you know, I I do love the game and love kids. And, and like I said, I don't go on vacations. I don't travel all over the place. I don't have a a yacht or go go here and there. I you know and and but at the same time, I'm uh, I'm all over the state all the time. I'm not gonna miss a lick you know, with anything whatsoever to do with the government because at the end of the day, the only reason in the world that I'm your governor is I just want to do the right thing to really help as many people as we can and uh, and I don't want to think for myself. So the net of the whole thing is uh, I do love uh, the time spent with the kids and I think it's valuable, really valuable to those kids. And, and, and Governor, obviously this being our 100th episode uh, of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, uh, I think we can echo those comments. We like this is our way of, of kind of sharing their stories, getting the word out, giving them attention, giving them opportunities to speak in somewhat formal—not really formal. We're a very informal type show, but give them opportunities to speak live on air. We, we, you know, there there is a lot that kind of like this is our side of it. That's your side of it, and really, we're all just doing our best to make these a positive experience and positive time for the kids who are in high school in this in this great state. Well, first of all, I congratulate y'all in every way. I mean, you uh, you took something, had some passion for it, and everything, and took off. And look what a service and, and that that is doing for our state and for all these kids. You know, the thing that people just overlook is they have so many temptations and are bombarded with so many things where they can drift away from us, and so many kids do. And so by your efforts, by all the coaches that are out there and administrators and all the people that are, you know, basically, you know, giving of their time to make good things happen for our kids, I salute them and I would challenge everybody, get involved. We need you to be involved with our kids. Our kids are everything to us and we need you and need you to be involved. Sure, it takes time, and sure, it's a little tougher. I mean, I drove 500 miles today. You know, I went from Lewisburg to Logan to Charleston to Logan, back to Charleston, back to Lewisburg. I've been all over the state and everything. And sure, it was tough, but at the same time, and then and then having to coach a game and be involved with these kids. But let me tell you, if you're able to touch a kid and change a life. It is so meaningful, it's unbelievable, and that's what we ought to be doing. So I thank you all so much for all you do, 
and, and congratulate you on a big hundredth. That's for sure. Well, thanks so much, Governor, and uh, and we obviously we thank you for your time. I mean, you, you're. You're the governor of West Virginia, and, and you take time to talk with us, and we can talk high school basketball. And I, I think that's also kind of a, just a neat little thing that we have here where, you know, on, on a, any given Friday night, we'll talk to the governor of West Virginia Absolutely. on the program. How, I mean, that's, just, that's really neat for us, it, too. It's a West Virginia thing. We can do this. Okay, well, it's a good thing. And, and more states ought to have it, you know, if, but, uh, but it's, it's – you know, it's it's my pleasure to talk with you. You know, you guys are doing great work, and and I'll talk with you anytime. I mean, tonight is a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you just get gas and everything, it's tough. But uh, but really, true. That's uh, that's just part of it. Governor Jim Justice, head coach of the Greenbrier East Girls team, they fall tonight in the sectional final to Woodrow Wilson. Uh, by a final of 78-55, Greenbrier East will go to South Charleston in a regional final next week for an opportunity to make the girls' AAA state tournament. Governor Justice and Coach Jim Justice, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Okay, now, guys, before I go, you know, I am the governor. <laughs> and I do have, I do have uh, eyes and ears all over the place all the time. And I, did, I do want you to know that there are some of us that know that there's something going to happen around the 11 o'clock hour that could involve a diamond in the rough in some way, somehow. But I'll just leave it at that and wish you the best and congratulate you for all you do. Really proud of you. Y'all be good, guys. Oh, thanks, thanks so much, Governor. Governor. And, and, yeah. Then the guys were joined on set by Wayne Ryan, who is the Assistant Executive Director of the WVSSAC, to talk about the WVSSAC when it pertains to basketball and also other sports, including wrestling, as he was in town for the state wrestling tournament. Uh, but he is here with us tonight in the studio. First off, uh, former coach at Summers County High School. Obviously an exciting time of year for everyone involved with basketball. Uh, without a doubt. I mean, tournament time's exciting, whether you're the, the, the fan, the coach, the player. I mean, you know, it's an exciting time. and We all look forward to seeing what's going to happen, what has happened in tournament play, and trying to predict what's going to happen. You know, everybody thinks they've got the answers, too, but we're often surprised about that. We always see at least one or two surprises sure. that really stand out over the course of the postseason. And, and we'll talk, you know, we can't really go too far without looking ahead to next year and the way things change right. in basketball with the four-class system. Right. Um, we, we had a little bit of discussion last year moving the, st- the t- start date of the state tournament would then be on Tuesday. Correct. It would be a Tuesday through Saturday event. Um, I know that you've, you've put together all the, the legwork into that. Tell me a little bit about what fans are going to see next year. It's going to be another six-game, two-session, just kind of extra day to it. Basically, that's, that's correct. You know, Tuesday is going to be like the current Wednesday. We're going to add a day, three, three games in the morning, three in the evening. I think the difference is Saturday now. Your championship sessions are going to be two and two. We'll have two in the morning and, and then come back in the evening for two. So, I mean, that's exciting. If you like basketball, that's exciting. It'll be very interesting to see how the four-class system works and does it create some competitive balance and good matchups. And, and probably there will be some teams in the state tournament that haven't been there for a while, if, if ever. And uh, I, I think that's exciting. It's absolutely good for those communities as well. Mm-hmm. For the sport, I mean, when you, when you see light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak, when you right. see where you can get to, you, you can kind of develop your youth leagues 
by showing them where they can go. Well, I think everybody wants to be able to have an attainable goal, uh, not say you have one, but have one. And I, I think the door's open for that now, so it'll be very interesting to see how that transpires. And, and I think there's some, some single-way schools especially that are really going to benefit uh, from, from four classes, and it'll be interesting to see what the next two years hold. And one thing I wanted to ask, and we're about to get into regional play for girls basketball next week, there are specifications for uh, hosting games in terms of uh, gymnasium, seating capacity, et cetera. Is that something you have to re-examine with the four class, or is that something that you'll kind of um, arrange it to fit in similar parameters to what you already have? Primarily, your, your single and double A are, are going to stay, stay the same, and, and your, your 4A is going to be the same. Schools are currently in triple A, so not a lot of change going to be required as far as facilities go. And, uh, hey, Coach, uh, probably the reason they had your phone number four years ago was I gave it to him. So it's okay. <laughs> he can blame me. But, uh, Coach Ryan, uh, first of all, thank you for everything you've done for all the uh, my career, someone I looked up to as a as a role model with your coaching career and then how you handled that. yourself and run your program. And then out the SAC, you brought that same professionalism and class. So uh, we really appreciate what you do for uh, all of us across the state. But Thank you. Uh, you know, I know, uh, as Ryan mentioned, uh, you know, of course, the wrestling tournament, one of your uh, one of your things that you're you're over as well. But as you transition from the coaching and the administration, you were doing there as the athletic director uh, at Summers County into your new role and getting to experience other sports, maybe more right. in depthly. I know as an AD, you were involved with them. But uh, if you talk a little bit about that transition and then what you get to to be a part of now. Well, I've certainly learned a lot. I didn't have a wrestling background at all coming from Summers County and, and being a basketball coach for 30 <laughs> years. So there's been a lot to learn in, 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 in wrestling. And, you know, being a part of all the state tournaments now, um, it, it's not like work. It's a very enjoyable experience because uh, state tournaments are exciting no matter what the sport they, they truly are. And, you know, I'm fortunate in my background, you know, I, I did coach, but I was also the school administrator. I was also the parent and also an official. So I've, I've got some perspective there that I share, and then we go into the state tournaments. It's, it's exciting, and throughout the year we have to deal with a lot of issues. And you have to remember that everybody looks at those issues from their own perspective, no matter what they are and whatever role they're playing at the time. You know, we, obviously we uh, deal with basketball here on this show, Wayne, but uh, seeing a lot of kids around the state playing newer sports and different sports, one that kind of gets my attention is lacrosse. Is there any op- possibilities about SSAC maybe adding lacrosse or other sports championships? Well, good question. And, and next year, if all goes well, we are adding two sports. Good. Uh, we will be adding archery, which okay. is very popular around our state yep. and uh, brings in a clientele that uh, some of them play other sports, some of them do not, but our, our archery is uh, uh, has a, lo- a lot of kids participating around the state. So I think we're going to bring that in under our umbrella next year. And also robotics. Um, so those will be the two sports. If all goes well, we'll be adding next fall. Uh, you, you ask about lacrosse. Obviously, there, there is a lacrosse interest. There's lacrosse teams that participate. Most of them, though, are not school-based teams. Or if they are, they're two or three schools combined to form the team. So as far as the numbers required um, to, to meet our, our bylaws to constitute a new sanctioned sport, lacrosse is still quite a ways away from that. No. A slow, slow build of Correct. lacrosse, but Correct. it is building, and, and, and it's a, it's still very a very regionally regionally participated in sport at this point. And, and uh, again, it's hard to let you go without talking about basketball, though. And uh, you know, you you were a part of this program as a coach originally, sure. and uh, now now you get to kind of 
you've been here. It was like four years ago, I believe. You stopped was, in to see yes. us, and, <laughs> yes, and now you know you see how far we've come. It's, it's uh, awesome. It, it really, it's it's a neat. And thing. I'm here on a special night too, so that's pretty <laughs> cool. Right, absolutely. Episode 100, right. and Wayne Ryan, Assistant Executive Director of the West Virginia Secondary Schools Activities Commission. Thanks so much for joining us tonight in studio. Absolutely, it's my pleasure. I appreciate what you guys do for basketball. Basketball will always have a special place in my heart, without a doubt. All right, thanks, thanks so much. That's Wayne Ryan, Executive. Now let's take another break. When we come back on the best of 2019-2020 show, we will talk about the special announcement that was made on our 100th episode that you just heard Governor Jim Justice tease. High school basketball's voice in the Mountain State. This is the best of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Haley McClure, Greenbrier East Spartans, Ryan Leap, Lincoln Cougars, Gage Huffman, Tyler Consolidated Knights, Rachel Bates, Valley Wetzel Lumberjills, Obina and Achille Killen, Chapmanville Tigers, Janaya Fargo, Musselman Lady Appleman, Sam Kermines, Williamstown Yellow Jackets, Calissa Lacey, George Washington Patriots, Nick Smith, Preston County Knights, Emily Hutchinson, Grace Christian Soldiers, KJ McClung, University Hawks, Annie Hunt, Ravenswood Red Devil. And Colton Barr, Clay Battelle CBs. What they all have in common, they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. Next season, if you have someone remarkable on your team or an athlete that made an outstanding play, you can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and their volunteer work. Every Friday night, you've got to meet a new Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, read about each one of these Standout Athletes of the Week, and next season, click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab, fill out the nomination form, we'll take it from there, because we want you to nominate your team's athletes next season at basketballnight.com. Congratulations to this season's Standout Athletes of the Week from Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is serious and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable in the world. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Welcome back to the 2019-2020 Best of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. I'm your host, Spencer Dupuy, and I'll be giving you the best moments from this season. And the next moment that we'll talk about here is the special announcement that was made on the 100th episode by Jordan Mounts and Luke Creasy. When this season ends for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, the show doesn't exactly end now, does it? Not exactly, Ryan. Uh, We're... Planning here and starting directly after the week that uh, Basketball Friday Night is finished with the brand new show uh, on the coattails of Basketball Friday Night, Baseball Friday Night in West Virginia. And uh, it will be hosted by myself and Luke Creasy, my partner here, and uh, we're li- really looking forward to it, bringing the, uh, the voice of, ba- uh, the voice of uh, bringing a voice to baseball all over the Mountain State. And what better night to announce that than, you know, show 100, big, big, big show for basketball Friday night and, and bigger things in the future. Uh, so excited to be uh, a part of baseball Friday night in West Virginia. It's something that uh, I think many uh, coaches and, and players and baseball fans across the state of West Virginia have been wanting for a while. And, and I'm super glad that, uh, that we get the chance to uh, kickstart that and looking forward to it. 
Absolutely. It's it's going to be a, a blast. You know, this is a show that I've kind of had something that this is something that I've wanted to do for several years now. Um, and it's just now coming to fruition and it's becoming a good time in everybody's lives that it can we can bring it to the airwaves. And it's it's going to be a blast. I'm, I can't wait for the inaugural season. This is going to be so much fun. Don't worry, don't worry, guys. We're only about 100 shows behind you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I know they play baseball every day, but you still got one. So four weeks from tonight, yep. the debut of baseball Friday night in West Virginia with Jordan Mounts and Luke Creasy. March 27th. March 27th. So if, if truth – if, if things hold to form, the banners for that show will be picked up right before the show begins, right? <laughs> probably. That's, that's probably like that. the truth. No. Maybe we could actually have Braxton Crisp come down and go pick them up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's good time. Hey, guys, congratulations. That was the announcement the governor was uh, talking about in our last hour that he knew that we at the desk had not even talked about yet. And so, again, he's the governor. He knows everything. So uh, <laughs> th- thanks, guys, and congratulations. Looking forward to seeing that show get underway. Four weeks from tonight, outstanding on the yep. Diamond Sports Radio Ooh. Network. Ooh. Man, I just—I may have just made that up. Actually, that's what—that's what—that's like what, it, like what it, it will be. That's like what it will be. Oh, there you go. The Diamond Sports Radio Network. All right, so guys, thanks so much. And obviously, that show will not begin next week as planned. So stay tuned to the Baseball Friday Night in West Virginia Twitter at Baseball Night WV to keep up with announcements on that new show. Now we will go to a special presentation the guys made on the 100th episode, and you'll get to hear Cos Time with Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal, who joins the gang for his weekly segment. Now, before we go to Cos Time, we do have something we want to present. She won't come out here for us to present to her on camera, but nonetheless, she is uh, a big part of our Basketball Friday Night family. We call her our most valuable player, uh, Sandy Johnson. Uh, she always keeps us fed and taken care of on BasketballFridayNight.com. And we have a plaque for her as our Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia Most Valuable Player. And she, we did get her on camera. All right, here she comes. She's watching a little bit. But Thank you so much for all you do for us. Thank you. All right. And, and we greatly appreciate it. And, again, the food we have here is just unbelievable. And, and uh, We're going to have a Sam, nice little tailgate party here in a minute. Yes, we are. And I believe that's the first MVP award and very that, richly that, that, deserved. Right. So Sandy uh, <laughs> takes care of all of us, and uh, we, uh, we really appreciate what she's done for us uh, over the years. Absolutely. And now we go to Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal <laughs> for cause time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. It is cause time on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And like any good tough man about, he's got about two minutes. He joins us now yes, on Basketball yes, Friday Night. Yes, And I'd like to, I'd like to say, since I, got, since I only have two minutes, two-minute warning, real quick, what a wonderful opportunity you guys have given me to be on your show every week for seven years. Now, I want to ask this question. What is next week's show? 101. 101. The, the 101 Dalmatian show. <laughs> uh, we'll see how that turns out. Um, Rick, before we get into anything, this is obviously very tight, 
But uh, I understand that you were introduced and received an ovation tonight at the event you were covering, not a basketball game. Did you have to climb into a ring? And if so, what number were you carrying? <laughs> I, I, I guess I guess I was carrying number one. Well, I, was shaking, I was shaking. I was really shaking there too. <laughs> Rick was at the tough man hey, tonight, hey, hey, and he was introduced. Hey, 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 yes, the, the the most interesting event in the tough man. The guy who had was wearing the most body art. Well, I'll tell you what. He took a shot. He got. Tattooed. <laughs> oh no! All the comedians in the world, and we got cause. <laughs> yeah, this, this is why we have cause time, though. Right now, is to be able to just kind of relax and, and enjoy talking to you about some of the finer things of life, such as the Tough Man contest. Um, Rick, uh, you know we, we're 100 shows in. We're less than a minute to go till this one's over. But we want to thank you because you take the time to talk with us. You know, obviously with your life in newspaper, meeting deadlines, etc. You have a lot on your plate on a Friday night, and, and we've always been able to have time to talk with you. We also thank your wife for allowing us to talk with you as well. <laughs> uh, but we, you know, we enjoy cause time, even though we've inadvertently shortened it for about three straight weeks. We'll make it up. Yeah, but what I don't have on my plate is any food. <laughs> well, come on down. So, so and do, do you guys deliver? <laughs> hey, you'll, you'll be in Charleston in a few weeks. You can come down and get your usual, you know. This, this is yeah, not, know. We can't grow up up that far. But, hey, Rick, <laughs> thanks so much, and we've got to go. So thanks so much for everything. Hey, guys, I really do appreciate it. You guys be, have a great weekend. All right, that's Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal. Moving to episode 101 for a special surprise moment as our special correspondent, Andrew Rogers, got to interview his former head coach at Notre Dame High School, Jared West Sr. Right. So, so tell us a little bit about you know, the run from a player standpoint and what you get to look back on from now from that, that uh, special magical season. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't have a big role on the team, but about just a quarter of the way into the season in December, kind of hit a rough patch where we were 5-3, and 4-3, three, and three, I think was the record, and then... All of a sudden, things started to click, and it was an amazing run. It, it was really special, too, to be alongside Jared because I've, play, I've played with him since we were in middle school and known him since grade school. So it was really cool to be a part of that, especially the moment between him and his dad to finally get that state championship. It was cool. They worked so hard to get there. They got there, and Coach Jared West trying to get back there again. And, and uh, he joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, and Coach West, I'm going to do something a little bit different here. I'm going to let Andrew ask you some questions, former player to former coach. You've been warned. That would be great. That would be great. First question I got for you is how nervous were you at halftime being down at Trinity, knowing they were going to come in, obviously know the scouting board, know the playbook. How nervous were you at halftime and how you guys would play in the second half? Well, I have to apologize in, in – before I start talking, we call Andrew Drizzy. So if I say Drizzy <laughs> a few times, <laughs> that's a nickname. I'm big on nicknames, so I gave him a nickname when he was probably third or fourth grade Drizzy, and it's, it, it, it stuck. So, um, But, yeah, it, I would just feel like this halftime last night was very, very – it was way beyond nervous. Um, you've been in those games before. Like, they know us, we know them. And Coach Folks did a great job last night. Of uh, They pressed us, and he wasn't going to let Jaden or Elijah beat them. And uh, we, we just we couldn't throw the ball in the ocean in the first half. So 
I thought going into halftime, being only down 12 was a godsend, to be honest with you. And uh, so we came out and we kind of changed a few things and uh, ran the offense through Wade, who's a, a rising, he's a sophomore, uh, killed a lot of potential. And we kind of chipped away and kind of got the lead down to six or four. And then, uh, so the nerves kind of went away. And I, later, when Kobe, I mean, one of the twins, I think Clay hit the shot at halftime, I mean, at, at the end of the third quarter to cut the lead to one. I uh, kind of relaxed a little bit because we, I felt like we had the momentum. And then finally, Jaden hit a couple shots to kind of get us going. And so we were able to hold on and Clay hit the big shot to kind of, you know, hold on for it. But it was definitely a true Notre Dame, Trinity, rivalry game it's funny we always beat them twice in the regular season but it means absolutely nothing because the postseason game comes and it's a dog fight so it was a great atmosphere you would you would have loved being in there, in there drizzy i missed your defense last night trust me <laughs> you mentioned uh needing other players to step up at times throughout the course of the season because Jaden won't be able to carry you guys into march just based on how teams will defend you how important was it for Clay Martino to step up and hit that big shot late. Oh, it was huge. It was huge. Um, and you, it's funny. So when you were there, I had the same conversation with you guys as it was pertaining to Gabe's about Like, we're not going to go as far as Gabe takes us. We're going to go as the others go. So I've had that conversation with our team. When we play good teams, they're not going to let Jade beat us and uh, beat, beat them. And so last night they had a very good scout report. They weren't going to let Jade and Elijah win it. And the first half, we couldn't make a shot, but you know, Clay, um, Coley, Martino, the twins, and Wade was really, he played like a man last night. He had his big boy pass on. He ended up with 23 and 10. But to be honest with you, we only made four shots outside of three feet, <laughs> and that's scary. And one of those shots was the, was the half-court shot. So I really, uh, uh, it goes back to our defense. We were able to chip away. But for us to, to make a run in March, someone that you know those guys are going to have to make shots as you know you know guys like yourself the role players are the more the more confident the more shots you make it makes it easier for the the go-to guys like Gabe or Jade it makes their job so much easier so we're trying to find that happy medium um you know and last night we had just enough to get by and now we are able to host a game Wednesday at our place which is very very important You'll host Moorefield in that regional co-final. And, and last question for you here, Coach. Um, there has to be a little bit of pride to hear, you know, you're one of your former players, somebody you've known for a long time, and, and he's such a big contributor to this program and gets to celebrate high school basketball. Well, there's there's got to be a little pride on that on your side, too. Listen, um, I, I've, I've said this several times. I, I coach to mentor kids, to speak life, and talk about God. That's so very important to us, and basketball is secondary. And when I see kids like Drizzy, and we have a lot of kids that come to, that's the greatest thing about coaching at Notre Dame. We have such great kids, but to see how it's funny, and and he might admit this, I think I've had a little bit to do with Drizzy coming out of his shell. He's a very, very quiet kid. Now you would know that because he's broadcasting and talking, but he's very, very quiet. And and, um, we tried to instill the confidence at at an early age to speak. And the talk, and now you can't get him to shut up. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so I'm so happy, and it, it's great. When we go to Huntington to see little Jared play, I always make it a point to go up and, and give him a hug and just to let him know how proud not only I am, Coach West, West family, but the Notre Dame family in Clarksburg. He makes us uh, so very proud. He comes from a great family. 
which I know they love to death. So we're very, very happy. And uh, this is only the beginning. So um, I, I see nothing but a bright future for them. Jared West, head coach of the Notre Dame boys basketball team. They win their sectional championship last night with a 56-52 win over Trinity. And again, will host in the regional co-finals against Moorfield next week. Coach West, thanks so much for joining us. Last last thing, did sure. he tell you that we beat him on the golf course? I beat him on the golf course. Uh, he doesn't. Was that Jersey Cup month? <laughs> we all know how it just, went just down. Tell, <laughs> just, just tell the truth, Jersey. We're on the, we're on the air. Just tell the truth. <laughs> 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 just, uh, <laughs> thank you guys for having me. It was a blast. Thank you. Love you, Jersey. Thanks so much, Coach. And uh, yeah, okay, Drizzy. Um, so, <laughs> is uh, that how I'm going to be introduced that, now? <laughs> <laughs> now let's take our final break, and when we come back on the final segment of the Best of 2019-2020 Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia show, we'll take a look back at some lighter moments of the show this year. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. This is the best of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University, visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Watch our live high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. It takes just one click to watch. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. On Facebook Live, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash hoops roundup. On Periscope, twitter.com forward slash hoops underscore roundup. On cable in the Huntington region, we're on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. We're on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Just click on our affiliates page for a station nearest you. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Marshall University sports journalism major offers students the opportunity to develop skills in the exciting areas of print, public relations, or broadcasting. Our curriculum features terrific skill-based courses and prioritizes hands-on experiences that not only expose the students' work to the public, but also to sports journalism professionals who are often willing to provide crucial feedback. Marshall sports journalism majors cover our 15 varsity teams in any media format, including text, online, photo, radio, or video. Hands-on, real-life experiences come through Marshall's student-powered media, the Parthenon, WMUL Radio, and MUTV, as well as communications campaigns and off-campus internships. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Welcome back to the 2019-2020 Best of Edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for Episode 103 and the final of the season. I'm your host, Spencer Dupuis, and I'll be giving you the best moments from this season. And not necessarily the best moment here, but very critical moment towards the end of this season as guys interview Bernie Dolan of the WVSSAC to talk about having to postpone and pause the state tournaments down in Charleston. First off, Mr. Dolan, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Oh, certainly. Appreciate it. Uh, glad to have the opportunity and uh, appreciate what you guys do each and every week. I appreciate that from you as well. And uh, I, I guess what we can start with is this has been a situation that for 48 hours now has been changing almost nonstop, at least at the, uh, you know, uh, throughout the country. And, and tell me a little bit about when you found out that 
the state girls tournament was going to be suspended because that was that it seemed like it happened kind of quickly uh, yesterday afternoon. Well, I mean, as you know, everything with this coronavirus has been going uh, at light speed. Um, you know, we had checked in every day, say, hey, are we okay to play? Do we have any issues? And Monday, no, you're good this week. Keep going. Tuesday, you're fine. Wednesday, you're fine. But you could see things were starting to uh, happen around us. Uh, still no cases in West Virginia, but Ohio, Pennsylvania, Kentucky, Maryland, and, you know, and, and they're all starting to, and then the NBA shut down and the NCAA, and things just started going, um, I don't know, bad to worse. And, you know, you just, you know, weren't sure, and then I got a call probably, uh, probably around 12 o'clock or so, and, uh, at that point, I was, uh, you know, requested to come to the governor's uh, office uh, for a quick meeting. And uh, it may be a little bit later than that because, uh, well, I think uh, when we got into that meeting, it was a, um, a 1.30 meeting. And by the time we walked out, you know, uh, the governor had announced that uh, we were uh, stopping the game. Uh, uh, the the tournament at that point, and uh, you know, uh, there's just a lot of things. Some were happening in West Virginia, but most of them were outside, but awful close. And I think, uh, you know, it just got to the point where it probably wasn't safe to just continue playing. Um, at the speed this was going, we weren't going to play for another four more hours three more hours, and then again throughout until about 10.30. So uh, in the lifespan of this uh, um, emergency, six, seven, eight hours is like a year. I mean, it's just rolling by very quickly. And so uh, at that point, we were like, let's, let's just stop it at the end of this session and see where we are. I mean, there was no chance that we were going to be allowed or it was safe to even continue at that point just because of what was happening all around us and, you know, just continued more cases popping up and, you know, it was just going to be a matter of time. And we certainly did not want to add to uh, the issues uh, by having people in close quarters uh, at the game. So, and so that's where we were. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure the governor wanted to play. You know, he obviously was a favorite uh, in the evening session. Uh, but, uh, you know, certainly with the time frame that we had, uh, it was, um, you know, more prudent to just go ahead and, and stop it at that point. And also, and we talk about how fast things have changed with this, you gave a news conference, a press conference after the conclusion of that game yesterday, and quite frankly, a lot has changed since then. At that point, you were allowing them to practice, uh, you know, until we found something out. Um, the teams were at that point allowed. Now, basically, everything's been suspended. Schools shut down starting Monday. 
again, more has changed just in the span of the last 32 hours. Well, if you remember in the interview, I said, mm-hmm. as of this moment, you can <laughs> you can practice because it's small groups, and that's everything I'd heard up to that point. Yeah. And then from that point on, you know, I said it could all change by tomorrow. Well, I didn't really mean that. But, <laughs> uh, it changed uh, drastically. I mean, uh, by 9 o'clock in the morning, we were not – we were shutting down all extracurricular activities until uh, April tenth, uh, and it was like, oh, okay. And then you know, but we're not closing schools and things like that. And then by eleven o'clock, we were closing schools indefinitely, and you know, and so it really, you know, puts the the tournament. I was hoping that you know to look at the lifespan of this, and if there was a window where it was not going to continue to increase, that if it was dropping off and they thought it was safe to, to try to get the tournaments in, even with limited participation, we thought we might. Um, but, you know, I'm not as uh, confident today as I was yesterday. Um, you know, you, you look at April 10th and, you know, uh, by rule they've missed more than 14 days and, and so now, by another rule, they got to practice 14 days. Now, obviously, our board has the the right to waive a rule, but they've never waived that one because it's a it's a safety rule. And uh, so, you know, it, it, if you follow everything without making any changes, you're looking at uh, last week of uh, April, first week of May for the state tournament, and then uh, follow up with. Uh, you know, we're in the heat of uh, track and tennis, either regionals or tournament. And then shortly behind that would be the uh, softball and baseball tournaments. So um, it certainly would compress our spring season. Um, so uh, I, since it moves so fast, you know, I'm not willing to make any decisions like today. Uh, I think the weekend will be good for us to uh, just allow things to kind of see where we're going to end up and see if there's any logical way to conclude this season and have a spring season. And I know some people around us has have wiped it out. Some colleges have wiped out the spring. Uh, others have just postponed, so uh, we're just going to have to play it by ear and and watch and stay in touch with uh, you know the chief uh, health director at for the state of West Virginia and you know uh, the governor's office as well as the um, superintendent of schools. I know when you and I talked at the tournament Wednesday morning, you gave us the, the thumbs up, the green light, you know, and then. Like Ryan said, you know, within a little over 24 hours, things totally change. But it sounds like to me, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, you guys are going to make every effort to try to get this tournament finished up. If if there's any way possible or there's a window in there that you can get it in. Is that a, a correct statement? Well, within, yeah, within the, the uh, guidelines of uh, kids being back in school and playing and practicing and making sure it's safe. Uh, you know, as I said in the interview, we're we're all coaches. We know how hard people work to get here, and you know we want them to have that opportunity. Uh, 
you know, if you're in the NCAA, they didn't get it. You know, uh, they have bigger problems and, uh, you know, and so they didn't, they weren't able to. I'm keeping the window open. I don't know if it's possible, but uh, we'll probably have to make a decision early in the week uh, to see whether how how this is progressing here in West Virginia and whether it even looks like there's an opportunity. So I didn't want to close the door, but I'm not overly optimistic. Bernie Dolan, the executive director of the West Virginia Secondary Schools Activities Commission. I think uh, to sum it all up, you and basically everyone else, we're on a holding pattern right now. We're just waiting to see what happens next. Yes, yeah. That's, that's and it's me. happening fast. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. And, uh, and light speed. And, uh, you know, again, we want everybody to be safe, not only the players, but also the fans and everybody. I mean, this this is a pretty serious thing. And, you know, the, the uh, President of the United States just declared it a national uh, emergency. And so, um, you know, we have to take it as serious as it really is. And, and sometimes that means adjustments, and, you know, we'll do the best we can. Bernie Dolan, Executive Director of the West Virginia Secondary Schools Activities Commission, thanks so much for joining us tonight. And finally, on the 2019-2020 best of this seventh season of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, we'll take you through the lighter side of things and give you a quick blooper. First, it is time for our poll question, and we turn it over to our correspondent, Wesley Steele. Hello, I'm Landon Mitchell. Oh, my and- bad. Hold on. Time out, time out, time out, time out. Technical. Time out, time out. Wesley Steele did the standout athlete of the week package. And that's why I got the wrong name. Landon, accept my apology. I'm struggling over here right now. It's okay. We're all struggling. Last week's poll question was, do you... First, let's go over to the score desk for an update with Spencer Dupuis. Thanks, Ryan. Big update here as number one Wheeling Central Catholic has gone down to Charleston Catholic as Aiden Satterfield scored 33 for Charleston Catholic. So number one goes down tonight. All right. So there's your upset of the night so far as in boys basketball, Charleston Catholic beating Wheeling Central. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, even the score that Spencer Dupuy didn't give you, visit Basketball Night. Dot com. Thank- oh, you guys don't understand what's happening in the studio right now. <laughs> I thought I had a big dinner earlier. I think it was just an appetizer. Now they're taunting us. Yeah, with I the know. Food. This is terrible, right? right? It's 11.30 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Fastest two and a half hours in radio. We'll grind to the slowest 30 minutes on our side because <laughs> yeah. we are so ready to enjoy the uh, festivities. You know, in fact, Marcus is getting Mark- a head start on us. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh my. <laughs> I've got to do a show with this. We're going to have to put up a curtain back there. Yeah, so. I see, I see right. cupcakes. I hey, see. hey, Marcus, how is it? You're over at Score Desk. How is it? You're missing out, Ryan. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Uh, 30 long, minutes. Yeah, yeah, we will get to that in a moment. So we'll, we'll let Marcus go ahead and, and, and finish the delectable dessert item that he is currently enjoying. And, so that does it for the seventh season of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as we celebrated the best of high school basketball around the Mountain State, celebrated our 100th episode, and many great things along the way. But on a sad note, this season had to end in a way that was unplanned, and that's how everything is around the world right now. But 
I'd like to give a couple quick thank yous to pass along before I turn it over to the gang for a proper outro. First, I'd like to thank Marcus Constantino for putting this show together and giving me the opportunity to do this best of show. Then I'd like to thank Mike Stanley, Landon Mitchell, and Justin Zimmer for the help in putting this show together. And now to your host for their final words on the seventh season of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And that'll do it for Season 7 of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We thank you so much for being with us over the course of the past 15 weeks, especially through some trying times in the past couple of weeks. We thank you so much for joining us. We hope you join us again next year. We'll be back with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia Season 8 next December. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.